0: Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 81 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on April 14th, 2017, on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have the man who has taken upon himself to just kill me with laughter. Justin Saint 0516. Justin, how have the
1: drops been for you this week? The drops this week have been amazing. I've gotten like three adept weapons and then some other stuff too. It's been amazing. I got a Zauli's bane and a Doom of Chicklets. It's been amazing. <laughs> I can't even. Can't even tell Justin,
2: you. perfect <laughs>
3: He's already starting.
2: I may never come back on
4: this podcast.
1: <laughs> Listen, Bife, I hate to make a liar of you, but you said that 3 4 times now. I'm just saying
4: I just Man, expectation.
1: Know. I now expect I now expect a
0: uh, a meme from you, Justin, on the doom of Chicklets.
1: Yeah, well, I feel like I'm shooting chicklets at the boss, but anyways. <laughs>
2: I um, mean, last time it was Eris Morn's Orb, and we asked what was in the middle of it, and you said it was like Girl Scat or something. <laughs> what? You,
1: this scat. was before your time,
4: really. Think, oh my it? goodness. And we're not here, talking. You, you, you yes, did not miss baby. anything.
1: Get did the No. We're talking brawl Scat. Oh, god Get <laughs> <Keep> it up. <laughs> Oh, God. sorry, it's Blue. Off the rails. So sorry, so sorry. <laughs> uh, you're living Life up
4: to your, it.
0: You're, li- you're, you're living up to your intro. Oh man, Mel had a last minute schedule change this week, so she's working while we're here playing. Uh, be sure to let her know that we miss her over on Twitter at the Wind of the Stars. So be sure to give her a big shout out there. And from the depths of the madness inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only Green eyed music lover. Green, hope you're doing well.
3: How's the week gone for you? Pretty good. We've lost a lot of items because of the new puppy. Oh, yeah. um, squeak, squeak. A lot of undergarments have ended up being thrown in the trash because <laughs> they're two toys, apparently.
0: Or because my wife's singing.
3: Or, yeah, okay, Blue, come hey, on, hey, come, on make, come on.
2: I make no claim. I just. Am not <laughs> For for starters, Green, you sound like a very classy lady and it also sounds like you're taken or married, so I'm not going to go down that road. But secondly, also, most important point to note, I'm the kind of guy that is classy enough to take a lady to dinner before I do anything capable of dropping the pants. This is also why I have no dates, because I'm unable to speak to them. Kappa.
4: So
1: So, so everybody, swipe right for Bife.
4: Yeah. I
3: I will say... Never uh, Tinder, please. <laughs> you, no, no, not Tinder. I will say, as a lady who has listened to your your videos for quite a long time, that just your voice, though, it was, it's surprising that you haven't been able to get a bunch of dates because you have very smooth, sultry tiger voice.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: you actually used the phrase. Yeah. Oh, she wow. beat me to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I in the, to. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Someone was surprised that they forgot all about that hashtag, so we got to fix that. Um, in the guest co-host spotlight tonight, we are joined once again by our favorite sultry tiger and dear friend from across the pond. My name is Bife. Bife, it has truly Thank you so been... so much for
2: having me on, dude.
0: Yeah, that's, it has truly oh, been too long. Wow.
2: Yeah, and I apologize first and foremost for that because that's totally my fault. I am a stupid, stupid jerk on that front.
0: Uh, I think I think you've not had a couple well. things that you've been working on, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not like you. What do we got? We got partnership on Twitch. Congrats! You got. All the other and, lore video uh, stuff. YouTube
2: lore videos. The eternal <laughs> meme that is Book of Sorrows Part Three, which apparently will never be released because Bungie will always drop Destiny Two stuff before I'm about to make a big swing at progress. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: that's a thing. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> if they know you're onto
2: them, they will keep doing it.
3: <laughs> Maybe
2: that's what I want them to do. No, that's
3: mm. fair Didn't enough. Think fair about enough. that. Always threaten Part Three. Always threaten Part Three. <sighs>
4: Oh, man.
2: You know, someone, uh, you know, you know that it's bad and that it's really got behind schedule. when someone said, not sure what's going to release first, The Book of Sorrows Part 3 or Half-Life 3.
4: <laughs> and then that's,
2: God. It's low. <laughs> you can thank Cannibal. half Half-Life, three, for confirmed. That that Half-life 3
1: confirmed.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's run through the intro real quick, and then we're going to jump in. There's a bit of a difference this week, uh, which the intro we'll talk about, and then... Yeah, let's let's get into it. The topic of today's chat is going to be an updated look and a conclusion of sorts of one of the most interesting stories within Destiny: the rise and fall of the figure who is known as Dredge and Yore. This week, we will have the Grimoire reading uploaded as a separate file, due to the number of cards that we felt were needed for a full picture to develop. It would have pushed this episode over the normal length if we had read them along with the streamed conversation. This way, we can offer the best of both options. A concise conversation here, and, for those who would like it, a full, in-depth reading of the relevant Grimoire cards that we discussed. I stole the summary from Green this week, so forgive me if I don't do it the normal justice. Hope The feeling of optimism that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes that serves as the grounds for believing something good might happen, that someone or something might help or save you in your time of need. It is truly a light in the darkness, something that guides us and strengthens our resolve to push beyond what normally would defeat us and drag us down into an eternal abyss. Some seek to cultivate this flower, to nurture and encourage it to grow, Realizing the value of this spiritual currency, others desire to consume it, to rob it of its beauty and leave the jagged skeleton of its thorny vines bare, to render it hollow of meaning. These figures devour the light in order to create darkness within which they seek, maybe, something akin to shelter from the world around them they may in fact be seeking nothing more than the final and eternal embrace of the abyss which they create in their desperate attempt to escape their own personal hell. In a world of desperate hope then, what worse figure could we see than the cultivator, the gardener of this last beautiful garden of hope, become the wrathful devourer, the honorable man transformed into the hideous beast. This is the story of such a man. A man who rose to the heights of his civilization by protecting and nurturing the hopes and dreams of the budding city, which stood bravely against the onslaught of the darkness. A man who fell to his pride and doubts, fell to the despair of what the nighttime sky held and what was to come for those he so valiantly defended. This was the man who was exalted as Rezal Azir. And who would, under the name of Dredgen Yor, become the cause of the nightmares of the people he had once guided and protected. This is the story of Yor. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we looked at the Voidwalkers. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats as well as links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internets. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing and to help us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to give us some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian 1, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny Audio Grimoire, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next chat will be a look at the updated lore that we have regarding the Awoken and the Fallen, two groups who have continued to grow more closely involved with one another as the story of Destiny has progressed. With that, let's go ahead and dive into the information and thoughts that the community had on the story of yore.
4: Yes! <laughs> with the story like, of I don't, yore. I,
1: I feel don't. like it's going to be a fight. I always feel like this one's going to be a fight. I'm on the defensive I just like but the fact is. that I took away your thank you, Randy. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no, as always, thanks be to Randy for the <laughs> um you did kind of take that away for for this
3: week, but but it'll be back. Um Justin, if it is here this week, you just have to just have to go to the other podcast that's gonna be going out. Cause Randy is all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I can, can imagine in that podcast. I can imagine. <laughs>
1: yes. I took, so, I took some inspiration from the new Kate card. Oh yeah. It's like an ugly contest and everyone was winning. <laughs> um,
4: oh, thorn. Goodness.
1: So uh, where do we want to start guys?
0: Oh my gosh. There's so much information. It's so amazing. I was no, I,
2: The I, I, best place to start, I think, is surely at the beginning.
0: I don't. I don't know. As I mean, it, I was going to follow. As well. I was going to follow Bungie's example and start at the end.
1: I, I know Bungie's example is start in the middle That's and they go true. out in eight different directions <laughs> and then all come back and then try to decide where the beginning was and go there, but then realize that was the end and then go back to the beginning of that and then start from there.
2: You know, That's aside it. from the bit about the beginning and the end, he's not. Totally he's not wrong. He's
0: not really wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of what's disturbing a little bit here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but the real question is: Did they meander this way, or did they plan it all along? Oh my god! Mm.
0: Well, they had two years. Two. two I if, was doing. I was doing the calculations there. Two years, yeah. six months, and twenty days. The story has been. Yeah. Dripped
1: I will out say, if, if completely premeditated, this story is a master stroke of storytelling. Okay. So. <laughs> was well, do we
3: know if this story actually had multiple writers that would come in and go out? Whether uh, I mean we know that some of the writers left after the original I know, Destiny.
0: I know John Goff was the predominant writer for the Dwindler's Ridge aspect and then I I'm assuming <clears throat> I'm assuming he stayed with it because I know he also did the Rezzel cards. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know, like, because there, there's other aspects, you know, not just the Grimoire. There's actual, you know, the the armor and the ornaments that we've gotten. Uh, there's even a couple random weapons that I have kind of theories are connected back into it. Um, and then the artifact, the radioactive cabbage.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. That Justin. Okay. Justin just I Wasn't going to describe it as radioactive cabbage. <laughs> but. It
0: fits.
3: It does hey. kind
2: of fit. It like a really kind radio of, radio of does, average, which I suppose is appropriate, but yeah.
3: <laughs> well, so, so should we do a quick rundown of the story of yeah, it? Yeah, I was going like to say you want to just do outline?
0: do summaries of the cards. It's really weird for us not having actual cards, but I mean, like we like I said in the intro. Oh, we've
1: got cards. We've got We're cards. Gonna, okay,
2: yeah. There's cards, but there's too many. <clears throat> yeah, yeah there's too many was, of them. There's it's
0: 13? an hour long of
1: material.
0: 13 cards roughly if you just stick with the very bare bones.
1: Okay. Hat. So, how about we do this? Do, do we want to go with Dregden as we knew him in the beginning and then com- continue on into the to the previously the recently learned material? Uh,
2: as we I think I think for the sake of clarity it's best to Um, Start at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I would agree. So, like, Justin, where I have it on the show notes, I kind of broke the cards out in in what I would say is the order. And we kind of spoke about this in chat a little bit. Um, And the order in which we have them recorded on the other the other episode, I guess you, I don't It's a supplement It's the audio grimoire supplement. Um, the way we have it recorded there is kind of the same thought process as the way that we have it listed in the show notes. And then also talked about it in chat. The only one that I see kind of flipping depending on how you read it is the ghost fragment, thorn two and thorn three. Those are really the only ones that I could see maybe flipping, um, back and forth. Um, just depending on when you think he kicked his ghost to the curb, but yeah, I mean, really, the general inter- So we have it. We have four segments. We have the general kind of what I would call the general introduction to the story, uh, then the rise and fall of Azir, and then the rise of Yor, and then kind of what I've kind of called the legacy of Yor, which is kind of the the epilogue, I guess, the continuation of the story. Now that Yor has been quote taken care of, um, there's still there's still some players left in the in the game for this this whole story arc, which is actually where a lot of my excitement comes from but yeah I, I think let's start let's start with the three cards um with the general introduction you know I think that would probably be the best, especially especially the shadows of your card I think ironically even though that's kind of the ending piece, it actually does a really good job of kind of
2: summarizing things. Mm, yeah, um, yes, indeed.
0: And I actually kind of called that out, Justin. I'm going to steal it just for two seconds from you. The reason I say that is in the Grimoire card, um, they actually make a point of talking about the research that they did. And what's interesting is if when you break that out, that's actually, it points to every single Grimoire card that we have within the game about your um, and green, I know you and I kind of talked about this a little bit as well, but like if you, hang on, let me pull it up. If you it look
3: outlines, it yeah. definitely outlines where he went, maybe not necessarily when, but in what mm-hmm. order, cause they followed him from the beginning to the end and then from the end back to the beginning.
0: Right. And the, so the like research. they mention they mention Traveler's shadow, which is before these walls card. Uh, and then Beneath the Moon, which is Legends and Mystery and the Triumphant Fall. Uh, the Forgotten Settlement in the west, I kind of I kind of flip-flop on this one, but I think that's with uh, War Without mm. End. And then that's also North Channel and Veller are two areas that are mentioned in War Without End. Uh, the Breaklands in Durga is Thorn 2, is the Bandit's card. And then Dwindler's Ridge mm. is Last Word 4. Which is, you know, the the famous the famous scene between Shin mm. and Yor, but I mean, yeah, the shadows of Yor card really does a, it's actually almost almost like a an almost breaking fourth wall kind of showing you these this research that they've done as well in game, um, but the other the other kind of cool thing about that is that it shows you a perception of Yor or Rezil or whoever you want to call him. It shows you a perception of this figure who has, you know, throughout the entire game, and the entire kind of our exposure. You know, like I said, it's been about two years and two and a half years that we've been watching this story develop. Throughout that entire time, Yor has been presented as this this negative force, this this you know evil force, a hundred percent evil, no question about it. And then all of a sudden, I think it was what was it? The April update. Was that when we got the first shadows, or was I think so? Uh, I
4: think yeah. it was,
0: yeah, bad.
2: or so, at least it was the Raze before these walls. Maybe oh, not April. I, I can't remember when the first Raze Lazir card was added. In uh, my the, have first, been the, best the first, Aral, Actually, re, yeah,
0: no, the first Raze Lazir card was Taken King.
2: Really? But, wow, that fought back. Hmm.
0: Um, I'm trying to remember when the, well, anyways, when we, when we first heard about the shadows, the, it was an interesting, like splintering point because all of a sudden you had, you had a, a group of groupies really, um, that are, that are elevating this character that are not, not negatively viewing what he did, but actually are almost, almost deifying what he did. Um, and they kind of, you know, point this out in the shadows of yore. And then they they go as far to say that the fact that he wasn't this this black black and white monster actually makes his they that actually gives them encouragement to elevate him and it actually encourages them to continue their own path to copy him uh and they they do kind of there's a lot of narcissism involved in this story um because where rezel kind of believe that he was strong enough to do this. They start believing that they are strong enough to succeed where he failed. And then the ending of the card is one of my favorite endings is, and should we fail, may the light avenge all those we make to suffer. I'm like, I'm like, that's a great caveat because if we screw up, oh, well, darn well, <laughs>
2: well, well done. More weapons of sorrow uh, unleashed upon the world. More oh dark guardians being corrupted yeah. by the hive. Yeah, cool. The cool. weapons of the, sorrow.
1: The, the quote I love from that one actually is, his vile means meant to carve a greater end. Yes, it's,
0: yes. Sword logic.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. It's. It's. Does anyone else get a very real, very potent... Apex predator yes. vibe from Dregden Yor. Like, like, almost like he's evolved past silly I mean, I things do, like I, morals, I, ethics, and. Uh, that's oh!
2: The thing, Justin. I don't even want to say that it's Apex predator because, yeah, he's hungry, but at the same time, there's part of Dredgen that just kills for not even what sustenance, but part of him kills for sport, you know? Mm-hmm. The so
1: principle of the matter, almost.
2: Mm, yeah, it goes beyond it, you know? The sport in itself, perhaps, is the devouring, but at the same time. It's, uh, there's malice behind it more so than simply evolutional, uh, evolutionary intention. You know, I would,
0: I would agree with that. And you see that, you see that in the last word four, where Shin is looking on him right before he kills him, uh, you see him mention that actually he's like, it's a man that's not burdened by silly things such as, or by things such as morality, I think is the quote. I think, I mean, that's that's exactly, but, and I have, I have a really weird theory about that too, that we'll probably get into a little bit later. Cause the thing about, the thing about Yor is that even as Rezel, right? Even, even Rezel's presentation, he was a, he was a very, very powerful figure. Uh, you know, hope, hope is a huge, huge thing in destiny in general. Hope is, you know the thing that I would argue sets Destiny apart from pretty much every other dystopian first-person shooter game out there, um, and it's it's really a big reason why people I think come back to Destiny a lot is that there's this underlying current of yeah everything's kind of gone to you know hell in a handbasket, but there's hope for something better, um, and you see this with Rezil and you see this with Yor. Uh, and there is there's a big, big play on hope. You know, Rezel views it as currency to he views it as something to promote the growth of. He he sees it as, you know, I was talking about that with the summary is he is he is cultivating. He is he is encouraging this thing to blossom. And then when he when you shift to your he's no longer cultivating, he's harvesting. You know, he's he's reaping what he has sowed and he makes that comment in Ghost uh, Thorn Three when he kicks his ghost away, and that's one of the last comments he makes, is he only wants to give hope to people so that it's the sweeter to you know, to reap it. So I think with with that whole thing though, is um you know Rezel is a very there's there's a chink in his armor. That was a perfect suit of armor, and it's ultimately and and Green. I'm going to let you kind of talk here in a second because I know you have you have something, but I was going to say the chink in his armor is pride, I think, and that's something that's also very very important,
2: I yeah. think, to As keep in says, mind. As it says, pride let him down, right mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I love that quote. But not, Green, not what did, to
2: butt in, but yeah,
0: yeah, no, 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 it's a great quote. Green, what do you have?
3: I mean, we quite literally see him start to it's not even. When he goes to the moon, you see him start to basically question his own power, his own ability. Because he, he is this this beacon that everyone has looked up to for so long. You see it in one of the cards where he has the fire team. And he tells the fire team to go away. And it's the awesome card where he has the big plan. And the ghost, um, he goes in with the Fallen. The fallen kill him. Ghost slips in. Kel holds him up. He smashes the Kel you see him start to basically disregard everybody else he has Mm. that pride that and he starts to question why he would need everybody else in some respects and like that's the way i read it at least so we start to see him go down that dark road really early on
2: I mean, Green, even more supporting quotes from earlier in the card, when he's getting rushed by the captain, you know? To the captain, Razel was a trophy, something that would prove himself to his splicer, not splicer, a devil brethren, and something that would keep his crew in check. To Razel, the captain was already an afterthought, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even care. He knows what his power is, and it's it's hubris by this point.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Justin, what do you have?
1: No, I just... I, I kind of want to reiterate the – okay, so hope is one thing. Being a bastion of hope is an almost unbearable burden. If you're talking about being one of the last symbols of hope for a people, um, it makes me think of the quote from Lord of the Rings, I give hope to man, I, I leave none for myself.
4: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I think it's Aragorn, but it's it's literally that's a lonely, a lonely burdened existence is being rezzle being being, uh, you know, the hope of the city. But not even the city. Exactly. It's it's a rough, rough existence. And it's not that big a stretch to believe that that existence could wear on a person and doubt could creep in. And slowly, kind of pull him in a dark direction. Yeah, it's it's lonely at the top. No,
2: no, Justin. No. Yeah, I,
4: I, yeah. I no, I, I, haven't, the, I haven't. I haven't experienced Justin. that dynamic,
1: but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Bife Justin, can tell I us about that, that. I
2: find that highly surprising, Justin. <laughs> What the loneliness, or
0: that being at the top? being at the top? But the loneliness makes some sense.
4: It's,
1: it's lonely in the middle. I can tell
2: you that. Oh I mean, even from the beginning, you know, like uh, again to reiterate the point of loneliness, holding on to so much. You're so correct. It, it literally to back up your point, they deify him. You know, mm-hmm. the people yeah. look to Razel as if he was a god, and maybe if the traveler, or, or maybe if the
0: artifact yeah, no, wasn't. Yeah, if the Traveler wasn't a god, maybe Rezzle was. And I mean, yeah, then oh, so many, so many connections with so many other aspects of the story that created really interesting theories, actually, about Rezel. Um So, well, real quick, I guess, before we really, really get into the weeds on this one, because this is, again, you know, like I said, two years 2 years has given us a lot of time to create theories and not all of them have been proven wrong. Um there's still some out there. Uh before we get in there let me run through just a really quick, I guess a really quick breakdown of this of the cards, the main the main points of the story if you guys okay for that? Yeah. Okay. All
4: mm-hmm.
0: right. So the first card that I would and I'm going to I'm going to go in the order of what I would kind of argue is kind of a really easy way to read. Some people will probably have different opinions. Um, that's fine. It's a Grimoire card. There's no order dictated. It's just kind of whatever your 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 fancy is. So what we'll do is I'll start with what I kind of call the general introduction. And the first card that you really should read to kind of get a feel for this entire story arc, I would argue, is Thorn, the the Grimoire card for Thorn. Um, it's a summary view of the weapon. Uh there's an interesting kind of thing about the Book of Sorrow excerpt that they they quote there. It's a unknown book of sorrow, so that's also a point to, hey, there's other things out there that we don't know. Um and then there's off there's there's a really kind of interesting little dynamic here with this quote, because the the quote actually aligns with something called the antisocial personality disorder, which is sociopaths. Um And that's usually people who don't have empathy. So they can't, they can't understand how to empathize with another person that, which it means is they don't understand how to share feelings, um, to, to a sociopath. It's literally, you see things as pieces of furniture is the easiest way to explain something. So, so death and killing to a sociopath isn't something to be upset about because they don't have meaning they don't have individual intrinsic value to them. Uh the and this is important to keep in mind as we talk about this story because you start seeing this with Yor. You start seeing him kind kind of starting to make the argument that the ends the end justifies the means. Um you also see this with the shadows of Yor. And that's kind of the next card that I would say we would should we should move to with a general introduction. We kind of already talked about this. The shadows of Yore. They they kind of talk about how this this individual sect of guardians kind of did research on Yore, and they kind of found out this this dark secret, and it gives a good it gives a good summary view from another perspective, which is a which is a really cool thing that uh, Bungie did. Then the next card that I would argue is actually the Ghost Fragment Thorn. Now the reason why I would say this is a part of the introduction is that. It's a really, I, I don't really. If you read it, it's a summary view of the entire story. Um, it also it also really points out the importance of hope. Uh, that's one of the first things that it does. It also brings up you know what we were talking about with pride. That's really everything. Uh, and, and then this is where I would say it's good to step into the guise of Rezil. And this is kind of going back to what, um. You know, Green actually just made a really good point. Let's... Green, do you want to grab Ghost Fragment Thorn, actually? Since that's a a very valid point. Maybe we should read Thorn on air.
3: Sure. I can do that. Ghost Fragment Thorn, the Rose. The noble man stood, and the people looked to him, for he was a beacon, hope-given form, yet still only a man. And within that truth, there was a great promise... If one man could stand against the night, then so too could anyone, everyone. In his strong hand, the man held a rose, and his aura burned bright. When the man journeyed on, the people remembered, and his wake hope spread. But the man had a secret fear. His thoughts were dark. A sadness crept from the depths of his being, he had been a hero for so long. But pride had led him down sorrow's road. Slowly, the shadow's whisper became a voice, a dark call, offering glories enough to make even the brightest light wander. He knew he was fading, yet he still yearned. On his last day, he sat and watched the sun fall, his final thoughts pure of mind, if not body, held to a fleeting hope. Though they would suffer for the man he would become, the people would remember him as he had been— And so the noble man hid himself beneath a darkness no flesh should touch, and gave up his mortal self to claim a new birthright. Whether this was choice or destiny is a truth known only to fate. In that cool evening air, as dusk was devoured by night, the noble man ceased to exist. In his place, another stood. Same meat, same bone, but so very different. The first and only of his family, the sole forbearer and last descendant of the name York, in his first moments as a new being, he looked down at his rose and realized for the first time that it held no petals, only the jagged purpose of angry thorns
4: of it.
2: So, yes. One of the best grimoire cards, oh, I think. Oh, gosh. And definitely yes. one of the ones, I think, that we absolutely had to read. It's, oh, yeah. well like and, you guys said, it is the best summary. Oh, my
0: God. It's but, so great. And the fun the fun fact about that card is that is actually one of the first cards that we got. That was released in vanilla. So, <laughs> we, we've had that card ever since the beginning, and it's driven people mad. Literally, like it's I I, I have put my head into the desk so many times because of that card
3: <laughs>
0: and <laughs> because of Justin. Now that he's back, it's
1: not my fault. <laughs> it's not, my fault. not my fault. Great
3: card. Uh, Fun one to read, too. Oh, yeah, it's.
2: Mm. Uh, it's like the betrayal of everything feels so very. it it perfectly fits even into just the phrasing of jagged thorns. There's Mm -hmm. something wonderful about this card in that sense that everything ties together, you know, same meat, same bone, you know, even a line like that, it speaks to the fact that this is not something that has been noble, but it's, it's something where it's rough and gritty and something to be feared. You know, it is malice. It's great. It's one
1: thing to be betrayed from another, but another thing completely different to be betrayed by yourself. And I feel like that's what's going on here. Like that's the dynamic in this card is there's a very, very, very slow and drawn out betrayal. And it's internal. Like it's this internal struggle. That's in the end, actualized and actually physically evident um in his in his hand cannon and isn't in his outward appearance in the end it's actually one of the scariest things is that you could be a different person mm-hmm.
2: you know if you it's don't watch corruption, yourself corruption to the one who's been corrupted or is right, it something exactly. different razel quite literally says this is truth at a certain point in thorn 3
0: yeah and yeah, yeah when three. he's when he's arguing with his ghost about the, the mm-hmm. evolution of his self um, you also see this with one of the quotes that I pulled from Ikora. uh one of the I think it 's a quest is the front lines, and basically this is you know you reach level ten. Good job, uh, but the quote is really interesting in regards to Rezel because she says, "Your survival against the fallen and hive fills me with hope don't do not grow overconfident. Many a garden guardian believed nothing could touch them and paid the price because of it. So it's uh it's one of those things where it's like, Oh that's that's nice, Ikora, good job. Oh wait, hang on. Like Rezzel was kind of fits that bill. Uh you know, and, and we talked about that also. Justin, I think, mentioned the uh the whole thing about or no, Bife and Justin, you guys mentioned the whole thing about him not thinking anything of the captain. Uh and that's kind of in these next few cards, you know, we start mm-hmm. with the we start with the Rezzel. And so, Rezul is here before these walls. Is where I would kind of start, uh, because it kind of is the start of Rezul's story. I don't really. I kind of that sentence kind of went nowhere. Um, so, skip over that sentence. Uh, we also see that hope is important to Rezul. This is where it introduces the idea of it being a currency. Um, this is also kind of, in by I'm sure we're going to talk about this. The timeline kind of gets. Oh boy! Uh,
2: oh, boy. Uh. It's a very long <laughs> one. It's a very long one. I think is the answer to it. <laughs> it's very like long, that? weird, and winding. Is oh the best way of putting it. Man.
0: I, this creates so many questions. This card creates so many questions for me. But we'll we'll come back to that. So, anyways, this takes place in the same area as the last city, but before the city. Yay! So we got this. Took place centuries ago. You know, Rezzel is really old. Um, and this also kind of describes something that sounds similar to the faction wars, which time uh, timeline is wonky, um, wibbly wobbly. I guess would be the best description of this would timeline. I, would, I I mean sound, would
2: I sound crazy if I said that I thought this actually was the faction wars?
0: I thought it was too. I agree with you. I agree. I agree but, with you. But my question, okay, here All here's my it, question about faction wars: is I was under the impression that the faction wars happened during this when the city was around and the card to me kind of said mm-hmm. like sounds like it happened before the city
1: but i always viewed the faction wars as as happening when the the refugees were all banded around what would later become the city
3: i agree mm-hmm. i think this is before the wall was built not necessarily yeah, exactly. before the city
1: exactly like, uh, Okay. You okay have groups of refugees inevitably so you have warlords.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hoover Hoovervilles. Hoovervilles. That's a good good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so,
4: the, I guess so, the other yeah. the other
0: question there is that and is this this might just be, you know, well, because Rezel, Azir, we got before these walls at the Taken King. So Rise of Iron wasn't really even in the hopper yet. This was a year before we got Rise of Iron. But the the implication there was that the Guardian the concept of guardians rose from the The resulting issues that the faction wars created,
4: hmm.
2: right? Because of like, course, prior to this, it was only ever the risen, and that well, could be right. sort of divided into all sorts of things. The ones that worked for the factions, the iron lords may have existed at this time, but if it's that early, who knows? Exactly. And alternatively, you know, there were warlords probably by this point in time as well.
0: Well, because if this is taking, is this, if this is taking place at the time that the city is coming into being, we know that there are warlords because, I mean. The the Lords of Iron were around at this same time, and my mm. my question there is, you know, Rezal is also described as a champion in the Wars against the Fallen. <coughs> Where's Saint Fourteen? Where's Osiris? Where's you know the Vanguard? Like, I mean, there's no mention at all of these people. You know, the war, the the Battle of Six. I mean, Fronts. I think I
2: think it, I think you blow it out against of proportion when you say the quote Wars against the Fallen. You know, it's um. Ah, uh, where's the exact thing here? Um, it's a, yeah, it was, so, it as was... the first walls formed, built of hard work and sacrifice, Razel and the Guardians stood against the alien plunderers time and time again. And it's, it, it's not necessarily saying that it was anything huge, you know? Okay. Like, the, when they describe how the Fallen have constantly assaulted the city, they literally call it the Hundred Years Siege. But the crazy thing about that is that there have been so many different points at which the Fallen have infiltrated. I mean, if I remember correctly, there's even a House of Wolves grimoire card where it talks about how children were told nightmare stories about how some of the wolves' uh, infiltrators Mm -hmm. um, would literally stow aboard crates that were coming into the city that had had supplies loaded onto them and would just go into the streets and butcher people. And so, you know, this is... They are plunderers, for sure, and they've had many a point at which they've had small skirmishes with the city infiltrations, even, but they've... uh, you know, it's only ever the case that there've been those two massive battles, and when it says, you know, I, I think calling it a war at this point is overblown. You know, That's it's, it's point. skirmishing. You know, yeah.
0: And I guess if you don't technically have walls, because there's you couldn't have had built, the battle. You, of you the couldn't six have had runs. the battle for the second. Okay, okay. Yeah.
3: And we also this is why I have you here, Bife. This is also a great transition to the next card to just pick some of the different skirmishes mm-hmm. the next card actually shows us some of the skirmishes that were happening the war without end card because we get a ambush at the beginning and it's you don't have anybody else there but Rezel. and then later on in the card you get the whole interaction with the fire team the fire team that he has with Hassa and was it to- tover
0: Hassa hasa so and tober yeah
3: mm-hmm so we kind of see some of these skirmishes literally in the next card, which that's what most of this was. It was just a lot of people trying to get to the city, and these little bands have fallen all over the place. Now, yes, they had skiffs, but it wasn't an organized effort that they had to take out everybody. It was just, let's take out as many as we can as they're coming to this colony.
4: Hmm.
2: I mean, the it's quite literally they're pirates.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: I mean pirates on and this is the thing too when they talk about like squads of fallen that are led by captain they talk about like roving bands almost you know they talk about crews quite literally so it's a very loosely organized thing they may have a general objective in mind but it's very rare for an army to organize you know it might even have been that we can't even necessarily say that the crews had that as a main goal in mind it may have just been scavenge for resources and sometimes one of the captains might have seen the humans there fleeing to the city and might've said, Hey guys, let's go get some trophies. You know, some of them might've seen them and then just said, I can't be bothered today. Right. Cause realistically with the like actual knowledge of it being so scattered because of the period in time. And also because of the fact that we don't know how aggressively the fallen treat humanity Uh, On like this scale where you're not facing a guardian and fighting for your life, it's instead just like a helpless civilian. We don't know what they would be like. Some of them may have retained honor and said, hey, those guys are unarmed. We don't need to kill them. Some of them might have been totally ruthless. It's, you know, it's very, very interesting points to make. But yeah, it's a whole load of different things that could have happened along that road. Loose organization of fallen, yeah. And
0: the other thing is, um, with the war without end card, especially with the Teskin Valley encounter, I'm gonna quote, I'm gonna, I'll link this post, but uh, RGTGD, which I think is Ryan in our chat, (laughs) I always misremember who this is, um, actually put together an amazing post, uh, that actually kind of breaks that, that entire segment of the card down, um, and a point that he actually makes that I kind of am am kind of thinking might actually be is his theory is, is that that entire encounter is against house winter. Now, a lot of times a lot of people respond with, well, house winter is not on earth. Well, he makes the point that we, in this card, he kills their Kel. So it could be the reason why they retreated to Venus and are no longer on earth and also you know kind of going kind of to touch back with your comment you know bife about they didn't really have a lot of organization because they didn't really know about the the threat i guess you would call of the the budding city and the guardians this could have been one of those instances where they start being like oh wait hang on hang on this guy just wait what you know they start kind of rethinking how mm-hmm. they they treat humanity because I mean, you know up until now they've kind of kicked us to the curb you know, they they mm. bombed the.
2: Like, the, if they'd found a few refugees out in the wild, sure, like whatever, right? Butcher them, or maybe let them go. If they find not only the city below the great machine, the traveler, as we would know <laughs> the it, guardians. Also, if you find guardians, and then you're like, hey, that guy just teleported. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, like that ain't no crucible lag. That's that. That's the point at which they start to really take notice. And that's right. again why, it, if you lead back to the uh, first card, it says, you know held off against the alien plunderers time and again you know it's this point at which they need to whir up into action in order to start this kind of stuff
0: right right the the other thing i was going to say about tescan is uh the there's a really good theory that the tescan valley is actually taking place in south america um again the reddit post i have I'll, i'll link it in the show notes it's a good one Um, And then that takes us to the North Channel aspect of it, which, if I remember, that's in, like, the Great Britain, Ireland area? Is that right? I think. Is that my, my geography completely off there?
2: I mean, the North Channel is between Ireland and the UK, technically, but you've got a lot of different things that could potentially indicate, right? Right. So, it is that small mass of, like, technically, it's more between scotland and northern england and Ireland. Okay. um if you've ever heard of the uh if you've ever heard of the isle of sky it's below the isle of sky basically okay um but yeah no it's potentially there but at the same time we don't necessarily know because there's quite a few different places that may potentially have that name
0: that's Just yeah it's, that's n- that's fair
2: like it's it's a famous north channel but there's um you know, that could be a more generic reference yeah. to things. Once again, it's frustrating because even though places are referred to as, like, Durga, uh-huh. uh, which is a place in India. Yeah, um, Durga. And you, you, sit there, old you, sit, Durga. you sit there and you realize that in the card it talks about how um, when he's talking, when Rezel or Dredgen is talking with his ghost, what place which is meant to be Durga, um, he talks about how I will leave your... I will carve the light from your shell and leave it in the dust of this uh, red world, which really clearly seems to indicate Mars. Right. Aside from anything else, it's a snowy area of India, which is Durga. So it makes no freaking <laughs> sense. So, so you know, point, point Durga, is... Durga...
1: We can talk about Durga
4: Justin. Yeah. go ahead. I
2: triggered Justin a little bit
4: there. A when little I said bit, Durga. I don't because know why. it's
1: not... Not a real place, but <laughs> yeah. but if you get into the if you get into the etymology Ooh. of the word Durga, um, yeah, like I I couldn't really find a real place Durga. Like der- the
0: the only thing that I could really find was the reference to the shoe.
1: Hindi god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was. That's what I was on to. Was the Hindi god uh Durga was she was the good lord firing off the cuff here, the god of war.
2: You know um, where you're wrong, dude?
1: I'm am I wrong?
2: Because Durga is a place, um
4: Where is uh, it? In,
2: it's in it's just uh east of Bang sorry, no, it's just west of uh, Bangladesh in the province of West Bengal. It's literally just on the uh border between bangladesh and india
3: there are also north of like
2: calcutta if you really want to know
3: there's a lot of temples oh. that are also called durgas but they're like durgas something else after it okay yeah. so
1: dedicated your google is one. better than my google um
2: <laughs> my google is more international it's culture yes
1: yeah 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 no no it's called google a apparently Google-A. <laughs> um oh my <laughs> uh, uh, Because all I could ever find (laughs) is Durga, known as Devi Shakti by uh, numerous other names, principal or popular form of the Hindu goddess, warrior goddess whose mythology centers around combating evils and demonic forces that threaten peace, prosperity, and dharma of the good. So she is a uh, goddess of war, victory of good over evil. That's all that I found. But also a Durga is is also kind of an impasse um it's an unattainable um place it's it's kind of an impassable geographical um location yeah yeah kind of kind of so Mm -hmm. that all kind of fell in line by Scugle was able to unearth an actual place called Durga, so that's that's good for all of us. That's, why, bring, that again, that's why we bring. <laughs> that's why we bring experts on the show so I they swear, can help I us swear learn he, and grow. He,
0: Justin, Justin is an expert at ruining the names for things, so you're not going to be able to call Google Google anymore. It's now Google.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> why I'm sorry. You, but, why, why? but I'm not. <laughs> why? <laughs>
2: I, I, I don't even know if I need to clarify the second half of that sentence, just why.
1: <laughs> I kind of feel like you do. I kind of feel like maybe, maybe you do.
2: You've got some splaining
4: in it. Oh, okay.
1: I
2: don't um, know if I can. Okay, okay. We're <laughs> going gonna to get too far and We're going to get too deep. Justin,
0: Justin is the ruiner of all things. Um, well, so next I would say pick up Legends and Mysteries, uh, which jumps us up to the moon. And kind of gives us a start to start the feeling of like, hmm, something something's going on here with, uh, with Rezel that's a little little wonky. Uh, we also kind of see we get introduced to a, a familiar figure, uh, Zior, or Zior, or Eor, however you want to call her name. She's kind of sad. Um, and I, well, I do... Good-
2: Rezel makes her very sad.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: She was, she was betrothed. She was betrothed. She was happy. the betrothed. And now she is the unwed.
0: <laughs> she was a happy person. And then we
2: killed her because we're jerks. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And we he wanted on, a
2: dirty gun. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we I mean, BT Dub, here's, here's a
3: quick question Why does Rezel decide to go to the moon?
0: Uh, the rumors of the hive.
4: Hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: Just because he thinks he can go and see what's going on.
0: Uh, he, he says within the triumphant fall that he was actually looking for the. I don't know if it was specifically for the night, but he was looking for the mont like this legendary monster, because it, hmm. it keeps referring back to the legend who that was not like I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was basically like he, he finally was coming face to face with the legend made real. Um, and th- that was actually one of the things I was calling out in legends and mysteries because we, we kind of hear in right now that, oh, Hey, humanity knows about the hive. Like, this is not the first time that they've seen the hive. This is actually a really long time after that because they've actually thought that the hive is gone. Whereas, cause that's one of the reasons the ghost was kind of freaking mm-hmm. out was they are like, Oh, Oh no, they're, they're here. We've woken up the nightmares. Which, you know, yeah.
2: And also, there's a more direct quote about this, which is uh, just near the end of that card, which is as the witch fell silent, her hateful voice was replaced by a a growing chorus of hungry, manic chittering Mm -hmm. and the rising thunder of an approaching flood. Rezel had come looking for the terrors that hide just beyond the light. He found them, or maybe they found him. On that so Razel had literally come looking for this. You're completely correct. Whether it was the knight specifically, or whether it was just to find the hive and to find a challenge worthy, which may which may relate to how pride led him down Sor- down Sora's road, and yes, how he uh,
0: and how he walked a pathway into darkness.
2: I get your clever references. There, <laughs>
0: Sorry, there's there's so many, and so like that brings me to actually to the next card, which is the triumphant fall, which is the big battle. Between Razzle and uh, Zior's betrothed, who we never actually get a, we never actually get a name for, but it's a just giant knight. Uh, now we do kind of get a nod that they don't really understand the knight uh, battle technique because when he's shum- when he pulls up his shield, uh, Razzle's kind of like, I don't know what you just did, but I'm gonna charge you because he's a titan um, and he wants to headbutt him. But that. That was kind of an interesting thing, too, is we know about the Hive, but we don't really know a lot about him. Uh, he's actually intrigued by the hive, uh, intrigued by the night, but that intrigue doesn't prevent him from killing the night, which he he ultimately does. And then when he comes back to the surface, he and his ghost agree to warn the city. And then Rezal does something that's kind of telling. He actually stops and watch it. This is really kind of a cool, like mental picture is he stops to watch the earth rise which was and it's just like I like that that picture instead of sunrise it's earth rise and as he's watching the earth rise he grafts the trophy of his victory to the steel frame of his rose which go back to the the ghost fragment thorn big claxons should be going off in your head at this point if they weren't already hmm. and that and that's kind of the last that we hear of Rezzel. Uh, We don't really – there's nothing else for Rezzle as far as Uh, grimoire goes. Uh, the, now,
3: as far as him actually doing the physical grafting, that is a common practice at that time. So it's not like he's doing it out of, oh, I'm going to add something oh, no, yeah. to my, my weapon. This is literally a trophy that they take. I mean we saw that with the Iron Lords. They took mm-hmm. trophies all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so a, it's a common, common.
3: – We use trophies.
0: I mean, yeah, I was about to say. It's a common human thing. Oh, like well, our Raid gear, right? Yeah. hmm yeah, I mean and that's then what we all iron yeah, yeah, as
2: you say, even the iron lord weapons that we get nowadays in Rise of Iron, the most direct example is the fur on the ends of the rifles that you get. You know? It doesn't have to be there, but it is there, partly because I guess it's wolves that have fallen in battle, it's remembering them. Yeah. That and would it, be my best guess at least.
0: It's a com- it's a common thing with a uh, hunter society. Like, you know, it, it's mm, it's showing yeah. it's showing that you are capable of you know, taking care of yourself here—that
2: you Ahankara's would- scale. Ha! Mm-hmm. That warlock thought I wouldn't be able to do it by <laughs> myself, right?
0: <laughs> well, and you know, you you say the ahankara. Well, all of a sudden, whispers start happening because of this, um, and so that's where. That, that the other kind of interesting thing for me, and a little trivia nod that we kind of talked about in chat, was the the possible nod to the source of necrochasm in the triumphant fall. Um, if you when you read the card, pay attention to his auto rifle. It's named Inferno, which is should be you know something most people can connect here. Uh, Inferno is got a couple meanings. One is that it's most commonly used as a large fire that's dangerously out of control, but it's also the name of hell from De- Dante's Divine Comedy. Now look at necrochasm, which is you know kind of coming back from the the desiccated corpse of something that looks very similar to a guardian weapon. We've had this conversation before, but you get it when it's the husk of the pit. And then you feed it hive deaths, so you have to feed it its the lives of its you know allies, uh, which enables cannibalism, which then gives you the eidolon ally or Alli- eidolon ally, and then with the crux acrota you get the necrochasm. Um, the necrochasm, the actual breakdown of necro and chasm, is death and deep hole, so it actually kind of means a deep hole of death, which in classic interpretation of this, is kind of akin to an Inferno. I I mean, it's not a huge
2: jump. (laughs) I'm actually going to go ahead and disagree. I was just with the theory there, just because of the uh, the descriptions of both the husk of the pit and the Mm necrochasm on the gun. Now, this is not necessarily something that 100% disproves it, but it's well worth keeping in mind, uh, especially considering some of the practices of the hive. So I'm going to say my uh, point here, and then I'm going to counter it. I mean, it's a little counterintuitive, but good for discussion's sake. So, Husk of the Pit, the item description is, "...desecrated and nigh inoperable, this hive artifact still manages to send shivers up your spine when fired." Note the term hive artifact there. It does not state that there is some kind of human relation. And clearly it's been twisted and corrupted, right? um there is uh, also of course the necrochasm you know um it is said the necrochasm is was born in the twilight after crota's sword first cracked the moon that uh, a lost guardian's weapon was altered by the hive in an attempt to fuse their uh, own dark understanding with humanity's mastery of war the most important part there is the fact that it talks about how it was after crota's sword which is way after the um I mean, this is, when Razel discovers the Hive on the Moon, it's the first ever discovery of the Hive on the Moon. At the point where it's the Great Disaster, which is Crota's sword cracking the Moon at Mara Ibrium and all over the place. Um, that, in particular, is the point at which Necrocosm appears to at least have been formed. Now, this is the interesting thing, too. If you go to Waning's Kong, uh, you'll note that it's something that has been kept in the Hive Possession even past Waning's death and is only recovered by us in the court of Oryx of the Taken King. So it does appear that the Hive also take trophies of ours. So whilst it does say the Necrochasm was technically a weapon that was formed during the Battle of Mara Ibrium, it's not to say that the Lost Guardian's weapon couldn't have been held by them for some time beforehand. So there's a bit of an interesting back and forth to be had there. It's a discussion where you can't be 100% sure, but it is, it's a very interesting topic.
4: Yeah, no, and I forgot.
2: Certain. I
0: forgot about the the qualifier that it was after
2: the sword cracked the moon. Mm. But again, that's the I, thing. Yeah. It says formed, right? Mm-hmm. Formed, not necessarily oh, made. Yeah. But yeah, formed, yeah. which is why it, it's it's weird enough wording to go ahead and do it that way. You know, <laughs> that's so they, 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 Bungie. Yeah. Bungie,
0: <laughs> Greenwood, what, what exactly. did you have?
3: I wanna clarify one thing with you both because you said that Rezal going to the moon and discovering the hive is the first time we discover him on the moon. And I would pull you back into the, the mysteries, legends and mysteries card. Oh the he cow. talks about the skulls the have been discarded with little care time ago, decades maybe longer. So
2: oh, I, yeah. that makes me no, feel totally, like there that's had totally been Guardians then.
3: there at some point, or just the bodies of the explorers had been there who built the lunar is this
2: is this the same one where it's like i shall name them as they are the circle of bones the chamber of night is that no no that's that's, uh that's
0: ocean of storms
2: too Uh, okay yeah that's no it's uh it's an interesting one partly just because the ghost in this one um uh when they name the stuff to do with the moon here uh yeah the ghost very specifically has a line which indicates ignorance right it's um quote the hive was supposed to be gone um Mm -hmm. they've been silent for they're not silent anymore (laughs) right it's one of those things where it's like it's the first real encounter in contemporary history admittedly though no it's completely correct what you say there are earlier encounters then
3: yeah it's the first rediscovery that we know of in history according to what we have so far
2: Mm, good catch, though. Very good catch. Yeah, because and think also, no, is... I'm totally, I'm totally wrong then. Because of course, where does the Razel's driven to the um, moon by rumor and you right. know myth and stuff that he hopes is nightmares almost? Where does the nightmare come from if not only a slight bit of truth, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're absolutely correct, there, Green. Sorry about that.
0: Yay! Now Bife's never coming back. No, dude, <laughs> fine.
1: No, <laughs> it's not like no, Justin proved him, <laughs> <laughs> right him wrong. He's still okay. Look, He's this still is why I'm on.
2: glad to come on the show because when lawmasters congregate, we go ahead and we discover greater truths together. This is what academics is really like. I'm happy to be on the show with lawmasters and academics. Justin. It's okay.
0: Well, and the other thing with Oceans of Storms, too, I think, wasn't Oceans of storm. it wasn't that argued, isn't that technically, didn't we think that was the Chinese colonist?
2: Uh, I technically thought that was near the collapse because it talks about right. how the worms are still alive.
0: Yeah, because that's that's the one that you were saying is like the bone, the, uh, the circle bones, mm-hmm. and, the
3: piles of bones,
0: and the the face hugger is waking up. Because I don't care no, what no, you, no. I, don't I don't even care what you say. No. It's a face
2: hugger that's you, <laughs> it's totally non face hugger.
1: <laughs> the, the eggs. No wait,
2: It's nowhere near as adorable <laughs> as a <face> hugger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know if Green
4: would agree okay. with you on that. I, I, so I, we've look, all all they want is an edge
2: cuddly hug like they're just <laughs> a little bit aggressive with it. And I know that the kiss is not great, but they really like tongue. And if you're into that sort of thing, it's magnificent, okay?
3: I'll let you take all the face huggers you want, Bryce. I'll just sit over here twiddling my thumbs.
2: Look, no I, no. it's great for
3: me because it's like so. I
2: said at the very beginning, it's like I said at the very beginning. I, I, I tend to be the guy where I, I try to take people out to dinner first. I never get the first word in, it's not fair, and they don't let me get the first word in. It's fine if <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna truth. It's a bug hunt, awful
4: man. Game over man. <laughs> game
2: I'm over, awful. Game I'm so over. sorry. I'm gonna shut the hell up right now. <laughs> all
4: right, all right. No this, is,
2: this is why I should never be on a podcast at four AM because I <laughs> say dumb, dumb stuff. This oh, is why oh. we keep having you come back.
0: No, wait, no. This yeah. is not why we. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
2: this is why I keep on coming back so I can discuss things with some law masters and Justin. And Justin. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: Can't help but feel like that was a gig, man. <laughs> Game over. Oh, boy. Game over. Oh, oh, uh, so, do we want to move on to some heavy lore? Oh, um. yeah.
0: Well, and that just real quick, (laughs) that gives us introduction to your, which is where you get ghost fragments, Thorn two and Thorn three. Thorn two is just a really fun read. It's commonly what I call the killing of the bandits. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's some there's some little nuggets inside of it that are that is that's interesting. Um, It's your
3: spaghetti western and grimoire card.
0: Yeah, it it really is like it is it is the what was it what did he he call the bandit you're just a damn cliche (laughs)
3: yeah
2: i hate it picture perfect bandit right i don't what it
3: i don't
0: i don't have actually i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna read
2: that dude i want to i want to read that full quote because that's actually such a fantastic set of lines right Actually no, mm-hmm. Justin. How about we do this in Canada? <laughs> you be the bandit and I'll be dragging yes. you. How about that?
1: Yes. Never has mm-hmm. there been a better freaking idea than this. Where? Wait,
2: do we one? do the full card or do we just do the? Just I think we do the, we do the full card. Oh my god, we are do we doing full this?
1: Card. Yeah, you let's can do, do that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So After I am testing. a. I'm user one. Correct.
2: Yeah. You are you one. I'm you two.
1: Okay. Cool. Can I see what you got there? Your cannon. Can I see it?
2: Do I know you? Not that I can say. And do you want to hold my peace?
1: Just that I never.
2: No. Seen one like it? No, you haven't. It looks
1: dangerous.
2: Seems maybe that's the point.
1: suppose so can I see it?
4: <laughs> are you so sorry you're pausing that so
2: Not likely <Get> together, Yeah. <coughs> Not likely.
1: Where where'd you find it? You hearing me? Hey, I asked you a question.
2: Didn't find it. Made it.
1: Uh, hey, hell of a touch you got then. You a smith?
2: I look like a smith.
1: Looks can be deceiving.
2: (laughs) Got that right.
1: There a problem?
2: Doesn't need to be.
1: Hmm. Glad we got that cleared up. Now, about that piece...
2: Been to Luna. Excuse me? The moon. You been?
1: Nobody's been.
2: Not a truth?
1: That's a fact.
2: Funny that you'd make the distinction.
1: Truth is, you must think you're some kind of something special. With that attitude, the way you're just dismissing us like we're nothing. Like we ain't even here. You ain't near as rock-solid as you figure. Fact is, special's only special.
2: Till it's not. The bones say otherwise. Speak straight. You say nobody. Bones say otherwise.
1: What bones?
2: All of them. What are you getting at? Too many to count. You trying
1: to get a rile at us? Was only making conversation.
2: (laughs) You really would. We got a smart one here, boys. Experienced more than smart, but experience has its advantages.
1: Experience tell you to lip off to strangers just trying to make talk?
2: Keep insisting, and maybe we will. Talk? Have words.
1: Ain't that what we're doing?
2: My conversations tend to be a bit louder. That a threat? A truth.
1: Who the hell you think you
2: are? According to your facts, nobody. Yet, here I sit. Don't matter. Much how pretty your cannon
1: is. You keep it up. We'll see just how loud you like to get. You done talking now? Guess he knows his place, boys.
2: Ever have a nightmare?
1: You playing games? Or are you just thick?
2: I know you have. This world? <laughs> Can't help but.
1: I don't have nightmares. I give
2: them. <laughs> you are a goddamn cliche. The picture-perfect bandit. Hearing your voice, the things you're saying, the shade of the hard man you pretend to be. Ain't no shade. <laughs> Sit down. Ouch. Sit down. <laughs> your mouth just got your friends dead. This is what happens when you bore me. And right now, I'm so very bored.
1: <laughs> no. Listen. But you're, you're one of them, a guardian, right? You're supposed to be one of the good ones.
2: Supposed to be. Maybe I am. Maybe this is what good looks like. Any more? <laughs> Who can tell? Uh, you wanted to see uh, my prize. No, no. Uh, Look at it whimpering won't stop what comes next look 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 at it open your eyes not many get such a clean view the bone you see it jagged like thorns i used to think of it as a rose focusing on its bloom but the bloom is just a byproduct of its anger you have nightmares (laughs) Ever seen a nightmare? Ever opened your eyes and realized the horror wasn't a dream? The terror wasn't gone? I've seen nightmares. They live in the shadows. They've been watching. I thought... It's foolish, I know, but I thought I saw a way. That maybe we could win. Maybe we could survive. But Once you step into those shadows, it's so very hard to walk in the light. Or maybe I just wasn't strong enough. Maybe. But I feel strong now. I stole the dark. Or maybe it stung me. Either way, here we are. And I'm hungry. It's hungry. You have no light beyond the spark of your pathetic life. But a spark is something. Open your eyes.
4: Uh, 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 ouch!
2: <laughs> dude, I was not prepared for you to insert thorn sounds into that. That was amazing, dude. <laughs> that was, that was
4: really the good. ending. <laughs> ouch! <laughs>
3: Just the ouch. Ad libs. All the ad libs. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> My goodness.
4: Mm. Yep.
2: Oh,
1: is, uh,
3: high amazing. five, Bife. This, this, this is five. what happens
2: when you sit down and you're trying to read over scripts for various different lore videos. I'm, this is mm-hmm. a spoiler alert, but literally the next thing I have uh, on the chopping block for scripts is something to do with Fellwinter. So I'm sitting so, there trying to do the whole Gruff grim thing, and I've been sitting at that all day in my spare so, time. Oh, yeah. So
0: Bife is creepy uh, confirmed.
2: Yes. I'm just oh, going to tell you no, right no. now. That's absolutely the intention. <laughs>
1: I'm going to tell you right now, Bife, if you've got a part for Redneck lore Bandit, I'm, I'm down. Oh,
3: Justin. Justin, no, I will no, have Justin. to say, when I recorded this, I literally tried to channel both you and Like right? That's who I saw as both of these characters. Oh, my God. Like, as, as ignorant as
1: I am, that's how dismissive Bife is in this scene. Oh, okay. mm-hmm.
4: oh
3: man. But I, 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 it's easier to channel you than it is to channel Bite. <laughs>
1: it's hard.
2: Justin, it's hard let me just say this: time. I love you, bro. But sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you are a goddamn cliche. Bones <laughs> say otherwise. Um, what bones?
1: <laughs> we amazing. need, we need Justin
3: as Good Bandit times. number one. <laughs> <laughs> Call Bungie. Oh my god. Oh so awesome. in the
2: credits first band. So
3: I think
1: that really uh, by that point in in Dregden's kind of evolution as a character, he's so far beyond social um concern anything.
4: Yeah, he's, li- or, he's
1: literally
2: a sociopath at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. he is
1: a perfect sociopath like Which is, he
2: Well, actually, okay, I it's like technical <laughs> definitions thing, right? Sociopath Uh, Maybe earlier down the line But at this point he's a plain psychopath Because sociopath and psychopath The way to define the differences Is that one, well both of them right? Both of them have no sense of empathy The only difference is that one The sociopath understands societal laws And acts around them sometimes Where it suits them The psychopath just straight up doesn't understand And will do whatever Or it just
0: doesn't care Yeah because like that's that's the thing is that's why words. that's why sociopaths who have had a psychotic break are so f- freaking terrifying, is because it's it's a perfect storm, because you have a person who has no capacity of empathy, who now also just doesn't care about pretending that they have the capacity to empathy. Because I mean that's the thing is like sociopaths an, a a high I guess a, I I guess you call it a high functioning sociopath. It's not really. But like a, it's not the same. It's not. It's not that that term is usually associated with other other elements of of mental situations. But like, I mean, for lack of a better term, a high functioning sociopath is someone who can blend in, uh, someone who can you know kind of trick people, and that's what a, a lot social, of
3: so- socially conforming right sociopath. Well,
0: and a lot of them view it as a game they view it as mm-hmm. how long can they trick people around them into thinking that they're quote unquote normal um there's there's a lot of really interesting articles about exactly what a sociopath is actually capable of in in actual like in actuality what are they uh emotionally capable of cuz by definition a sociopath is unable to um Is unable to attach to anything. Like literally, they cannot attach to anything. They don't have that capacity. Um, And don't get me started on how bad Dexter is. I can't stand that show because he's not a sociopath. (laughs) He's he's not a sociopath. Uh
1: But not perfect one.
0: Well, but that's but that's the thing is like there is you're either like as as far as sociopathy goes, the anti personality disorder you're either completely or you're not like there there is no there's no gray because it's it's uh it's a component of your inability to connect with the outside world other than yourself um there's no way to to have gradients of that like because if you if you can connect to the outside world then you are not if you can't then there is no does that make sense like it's 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 one of the few ones that's it's usually like a hundred percent and the question isn't are you or are you not it's how are you functioning within the the general population um are you are you playing quote playing the game of being a normal person or are you actually out there and usually that's classified where they're Whether or not you've had a psychotic break, which is where your understanding of reality is skewed. Um, And that's where, you know, going back to what you guys are talking about with your, that's kind of also where my argument for which order to read Thorn 3 or Thorn 2 kind of comes in. Because there's a part of me who thinks that Thorn 3 might have happened before Thorn 2. Just because the way that he acts in Thorn 2 and the way that even in the single grimoire card of thorn three, which is the dismissal of his ghost, you know, he kind of, he starts off as kind of like, I mean, he's still your, he's still kind of that, that darkness, but by the end of the card, he is like making a point to be as monstrositous as he could. Like, that's where you get the quote about him, you know, only wanting to create hope because it makes the screams that much sweeter. And that, that, and then you kind of come up into Thorn 2, where you kind of make, where you see him, you know, what you guys just blew out of the park there. That ending where he, like, I mean, he, he's torturing them. He's torturing Ooh. that bandit. He's giving him that kernel of hope that he's not going to kill him just to kind of reap a little bit more terror out of the way. And, yeah. and he makes the comment, I felt too.
2: That. <laughs> so, so, dude, I have to say this, right? Like, throughout all the cards that I read, there's always this feeling that it's a this constant struggle of Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. Right. But the most amazing thing about it is I think that Dredgen, assuming that we're talking about Dredgen Yor and Razelazir here, Dredgen Yor lets a little bit of Azir surface from time to time. Yes. Just to feed hope. Right. So it's that line where, um, he says, or oh, maybe I just wasn't strong enough, mm-hmm. but I, f-, and then, you know, and it's, you know, maybe, and then by the time it gets back a second later, your has, re- you know, uh, relinquished um, any, any uh, control. No, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh He's taken back any power. And then he says, but I feel strong now, you know, it's like, Oh, it, it's this, is, this is, this
0: is like life. It's so funny. This Cause is, that's like, that's a conversation I had with green about, mm-hmm. about this. it's like, it's a, it's a psychological, I mean, Jekyll and Hyde is an amazing psychological conversation in and of itself, but yours, this display of that, that kind of concept is yes, I, I can't agree more, and it's it's not dude, that there's,
2: there's, there's even better demonstrations mm. it too, right?
0: Well, I mean, uh, last word four.
2: I last mean, last word I'm- th- four. Thorn three. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just near the end. Uh, Thorn, thorn four. four. Talk
3: about sociopath, like somebody who's a sociopath. What if he's playing the game at this point? What if he's going completely? I mean, we talk psychopath also, mm. but he is. He could, I mean, we had the Jekyll and Hyde where he's in control and not in control in some respects. And the other side oh, of him, mm. the dark side of him, is in control. Well, if it's
2: always you're just trying to wear Razel's skin every once in a while, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Possible.
2: Yeah, I get the feeling he's always right. in control.
3: Oh, yeah. Always, no. I kind of attribute the feeling of Razel actually having your within him before he ever got born. Oh.
0: Well, and that goes back to the Jekyll-Hyde conversation. Because mm-hmm. you could say the same thing about... Um, about Hyde, you know, is they, they, those, those two coexisted, it was just the, the, the external catalyst that created the giant schism. I mean, with it, with, you know, going again, going to the psychological aspect with like disassociative identity disorder, um, you have that a lot. And the cool thing about that connection is like, usually the catalyst there is a a source of severe trauma um, because it's basically, you know, the entire, catalyst is your brain is trying to protect itself like your mental component is trying to to keep that pure thing together and so what it does is it forms a separate identity and splits the personality into a a character within your brain that actually holds all those memories to lock it away from the active memory and then what happens is it it's, you know, this is where you kind of start delving into like the unconscious and the subconscious and stuff like that. But that's eventually that, that aspect, it really wants to be paid attention to. And mm. there, you know, there, that's when you get into the theories of like, you know, the, you know, union psychology and Freudian psychology mm. of like the unconscious starting to act up is because you're mm. avoiding the, you're avoiding the trauma,
2: but the trauma I mean, happened. Dude, it's, it's literally there's, um, it's kind of a dynamic of how it's worked. There's two different studies into this that work in tandem, and it's all about the different functionalities of a mind, right? Yes. So some people, what they'll do is exactly this, right? Like they'll try and bury it, but ultimately it bubbles back up to the mm-hmm. top. And what other people do is it's called folding the trauma, where instead of letting it bubble up, um, they try and process it and try and put reason to it and therefore internalize it and make some sense or peace with it, even if that, is, that piece is a lie. You know, yeah. so it, it goes down to two very different kinds of human being at that point. Just really interesting. And yeah. like the crazy thing about that, too, is you can talk about um, folding trauma as a massive societal kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I remember. And relate it. it back to the city, right? So in particular, it's a bit of a grim topic, but this gets mentioned a lot when it comes to nine eleven and how America as a country processed that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting discussion to have because you can relate some of that to the collapse in the city. And then you can take the opposite approach, which you are talking about with your and say that he's kind of seen the reality of things in that, you know, the terrible things have bubbled up to the top and they demand to be addressed. You know?
0: Yeah. Cause I, re- I remember, I remember Very having, I remember chatting with you about the folding a little, a while back about that. Cause you're, you're right. The it's, it's, It's possible on a a sociological level, you know, within a large culture, especially if everyone agrees. You get you get that, you know, with the ignoring of, um, you know, the the famous ignoring of the women being, you know, raped in public, with uh, which is a huge inspiration for the movie Boondock Saints. you know that that entire situation was a society who decided that they existed in a perfect world and they weren't they literally would ignore things like and that that was modern society i mean you have milgram's studies you have um uh zimbardo's prison studies you know there's there's tons of examples of societies as a whole just deciding to be like yeah we're going to we're just going to do this thing even though it's pretty pretty bad
1: um yeah it's, we should never fear the the deeds of evil men, but rather the yeah, indifference yep. of good men. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That whole chestnut.
0: <laughs> but I mean, and and to I love of, how
2: you inserted something really profound there, and then you just had to. It. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it took, it took and... you less than two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was stunning. <laughs> It was like it was like at a wedding when someone releases a dove and they throw it into the air only to realize the dove is dead nice. and it flops straight back down to the ground.
3: Aww.
1: Are you saying that I released the dove and shot the dove? Is what you- oh my
4: goodness. I mean, that's
2: maybe a more appropriate analogy, but that implies you're fast with a gun and I don't trust you to be fast and accurate.
4: He got that hit fire sorry, down.
1: Sorry, oh, no, no. Shots fired.
2: Oh
4: Shots fired. Dude, the Battle god, of Britain got, has resumed. Dude, the, oh, the, has the next fight. wedding that it's Justin goes to, the Battle of Britain. Why are we, are we fighting away. the
2: Germans? I don't understand.
4: <laughs> oh my god.
3: Oh
2: my
4: god. Justin. I owe you Bro. so many
2: beers <laughs> so for this. Dude,
1: I'm
4: so sorry. <laughs> oh my god. god! We're
1: good. We're good. Everyone,
0: <laughs> move on with your lives. Uh, move on. Justin's okay. He's used to it. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So Thorn three, <laughs> Thorn three is the dismissal of his ghost. Uh, you know, amazing. Again, some really cool kernels in here. Um, and then that brings us to Thorn four, which I'm just going to run through the last of these real quick. Thorn four is the conversation between another ghost and your. Um, and that is usually assumed to be Ward's ghost is, I think, the popular popular assumption mm-hmm. there. And this is where Yor gives the ghost the last word and tells him to give it to the child, uh, Shen, basically. Um, and the ghost and Yor kind of have a little bit of a banter about um, Shen's fate. And then we go to the last word four, which is basically where we get confirmation that Shin is the Roland of the game. Um and then oh wait, did I Oh I did say that. Okay, cool. Because he chases the man in black across a desert. Um and then he uh he basically summons a golden gun, which is interesting for Shin, because that means he's a
2: guardian who was also mm-hmm. a child earlier she um, tells us a lot about ghosts and how the light can be transferred and maybe mm-hmm. the fact that light is not unique to the risen it can in fact be manifested in ordinary human beings who are just born dodgeball
0: dodgeball girl is a guardian confirmed that's all I'm saying <laughs> Man, that's all that's I'm saying god, I is
4: hope so. god all we need to do is oh that dodgeball girl <laughs> we need, yeah. we need to
0: release her is. upon the cabal it would solve the problems <laughs> The sneaky
3: mix sneaker tin. Still,
2: still, my favorite part to that card. So, in a sense, because we learned something, we were the winners. And then Shax just goes, "No, no they eliminated
4: no. you." It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be my favorite card because of that. Dude. I,
3: I want to I mean, hear him say that during Crucible sometime <laughs> during PvP. Just like oh my God. you got annihilated.
0: The, Damo's response was like, "Shax is the disapproving father that I want. I missed <laughs> that. I want to have." <laughs>
2: I feel but, like Shax is just like daddy issues fueled for any guy or gal that has that. He
0: really is. Oh my god. Are there god. horse people? Gary? Are there horse people? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just getting into great grimoire. Oh, oh my, my god. god. All right. So, oh last god. word four is where your your kids killed. Oh my god. I can't even be serious
2: anymore. Of the horse people. damn it, Justin. <laughs>
3: Uh-huh. We'll be invaded by horse people. No, Daryl <laughs> King. Oh, and
0: then we get into what I would I would kind of call the legacy of Yore, and that is mm-hmm. Thorn Five and Last Word Five. Um, these are kind of interchangeable. I don't think there's necessarily one. Uh, that you should read before the other. I have it listed as Thorn first and then Last Word Five, just because um, I wanted to get the last. Right. I just wanted to get the, yeah. the, last the last word.
2: The last word probably. gets the last word, yeah. but also uh-huh. into what comes next. Oh my God,
0: Roland versus the Coffin right. Hunters confirmed. Um, oh my God,
2: mm-hmm. boo. I, Yeah. Oh God, this just reminds me of. You know what? I'm gonna give me two seconds. I need to meet myself. You guys are giving me great ideas for videos next week. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um Thorn 5 is a an excerpt from a single speaker of a Shadow of Yore who is a hunter. Um and this actually this brings up a really interesting point. The idea is presented that the Shadows of Yore are not looking for weapons of sorrow. No, 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 no. They're looking to become weapons of sorrows. So, yeah, that's fun. Um and then last word five is a conversation between Shin and an unknown ghost. Commonly, I think the theory is, is that this is his ghost. But does that mean that it's yours ghost or Ward's ghost? We don't know. I, assume, I assume it's got to be Ward's. I, no, just... I kind of do. I, the only reason I'm even entertaining the idea that it's yours is because I'm sorry. When I read that ghost, like this is a really short card, but when I read it, that ghost sounds pissed.
4: Mm-hmm. like that well, ghost
2: is i, I mean if 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 you're killed my master well then, i mean
0: like, but i mean that's why it, I, would oh, be
2: too.
1: I mean but
0: that's where the i'm kind of like i'm like you
2: don't eh. need to remain this man
1: yeah like all all that i don't know actually blue and i blue and i did a audio grimoire of this when bell was on for the hunters episode <laughs> oh it yeah was the, pretty good the, the thorn 3 yeah we did but yeah, yeah. It's, but the the ghost is really indignant at the course is. that the person well, especially, that he's speaking to has taken. Especially at the
0: end, like where he's like, "You're a you're a bleepy to bleep monster. Like <laughs> you're 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 beyond. You know, he doesn't say you're beyond saving because he's he also points out in Thorn three that the ghost says that you know his whole thing is the writing of our path the cleansing of your shadow and a return to light. And he, I mean, he goes on to say that, or he says initially that he was the one that rekindled your light and it falls first to him to aid in its survival. Um, and so it's like, you know, the guardian's light, I made a point there. The guardian's light is a separate and unique thing that's separate from the travelers and ghosts, which is interesting there. Um, the other, the other thing from Thorn Three that I keep coming back to, and Justin, I know you're going to immediately know where I'm going with this, is the smoke, ash, and bone. Okay, is that pancake? Did did we are we are we standing over pancake? Because I'm going to be really upset if we got pancake's death here and no one gave a nod to it.
1: Wait, Pahani pancake He's talking uh, about uh, it's Pahanine,
2: because Blue can't so, say Pahani. For a minute, I sat there and I was like, pancakes? What kind of pancakes Pancake? are these? The kind of pancakes? They're
0: burned pancakes is what it is. Smoke, ash, and bone flavor
2: pancakes. Can very I, can I just else? wait?
1: Whoa. Whoa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I hit enough. nerve, guys.
1: You, you can say a lot about me. I can be a buffoon. I can be a little bit standoffish. I can be a little bit churlish at times Good um, work But I make Ooh. some good pancakes And I will not, <laughs> I, okay, not Justin, Justin, Justin. I will not I will not countenance how? the okay, slander dude.
2: Guardian con, alright How about this, I buy you a couple of beers We trade it in and you make me pancakes one morning how about I'll that? make you
1: pancakes bro
2: Dude that oh, sounds like such a sick plan That's, so
1: that, Justin, I know there's a lot of people That gonna want to make that a sexual thing But no it's not <laughs> I'm just
0: Justin. Justin makes pancakes uh, for hungover people. That's that's the thing.
1: That's literally perfect.
2: I'll get the beers first. You get the pancakes. I'll get the beers first. Hours later,
1: (laughs) dude. I'm friends with all the Greek uh, gas station owners. They sell me beer. (laughs) They all love me, and and we're good. This is, this is I where I completely it's at.
4: forgot
1: about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this story. You, we're the story. The guy gonna, knew me by not, name. We're not Let's we're not, we're not talking about that show. on. We're not talking post, about show. post show post show post show.
0: Oh my gosh! All right, so that was that's <laughs> what I would argue is the reading order, um, and again we're gonna we're gonna upload the card or the audio reading of those cards, which are thirteen of them. Oh man! So yeah.
2: Where do we want to where do we um, did we what do so we So if I might I want to go ahead and take this to where it could potentially go in Destiny 2. Do it. Right? Yay. Do it. So there's a really significant thing. This is what I think I'm going to go ahead and make a video on next week if I can. Um long story short, uh it keeps on talking in the blow up of Destiny 2 about how uh our quest is to unite the scattered heroes of Earth. I have a feeling that if they're really going deep on this, not only we're we going to find characters like Saint-14, etc, etc but I think we're also going to go ahead and see a quest series where we have to recover Shin Malphur and in that we're going to have to face up against the Shadows of Yor
0: Oh my god, I'd be so happy
2: And you know what I want? I actually really want a moral choice here that we can make in the campaign oh. right? I, want, I want three moral choices I want one in the middle where you can uh. make them both work together. I want one where you side with dread, uh, with the Shadows of Yor and I want one where you side with uh, Shin Malphur
1: can I also choose to be a walking cliche,
2: <laughs> Justin? You couldn't choose if you
4: tried.
3: <laughs> that would be so much fun, though, to actually bring in that role play element. Just but, uh, that, so much here's more, my where we can actually decide what we're going to do.
0: Yeah, but here's my question. Here, the, the only question I guess I would have there is like in an MMORPG, how does that work?
1: Mm, you know, like I don't play mm. those games. I, well, that's why I'm asking because I don't really. Yeah. My son was playing Fallout today, and I was like, "I'm sick and tired of watching you try to search for <laughs> items. Find the bobby this pins. Is over. <laughs> Find the bobby pins. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but um, but I mean, like you know, yeah, like tell, in a shared in a shared world
0: type thing, because like with an RPG moral, you know, the moral choice or the moral pinwheel, whatever you want to call it, that makes sense because it's a sing it's a single player game.
1: This mm, is very yeah. Mass Effect. What we're what we're talking about? Well, here. no, because Mass. Well, you may or may
2: not see what I want Destiny to be, right?
1: Well, but what's that?
2: Do you? S- you may or may not see simply from that comment what I want Destiny to be. Just Mass oh, Effect. Oh, well, yeah, no, supers I. I but
0: does like does a drama it, does a still have moral choices in it? Yeah, it does. It, it Can does. Can we have
1: a game that's called Mass Effect with supers and? <laughs> I just want the, I want the game. I want the game. That does
2: give me a really interesting idea. <laughs> oh, this would take so much work, but it would end up being really cool. Okay, right. No, sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about this later. Okay.
4: So right, right. I'm taking a before, note of
1: this. I'm taking a note of this. Before we roll, before we roll, I've got actually a your type. Oh, no, we're not, we're not nearly done, dude yeah yeah I know we're not I know oh we're you're ahead, just you're just telling me ahead of time, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying I've got kind of a theory that I want to float out there. i will see if it still holds water all right, well, we' well, good,
0: yeah, no, 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 do you want to do it now? I can do it now,
1: why don't you just do it now, since we're talking yeah. about it right now so um, I've actually got this theory that um you've got Dregden Yor who is the eternal abyss he's the complete antithesis of Jaren Ward and they're actual actually actualities of the same person as as you know eventualized in different timelines so these are like fork Jarens and Dregdens as as they happen. Um, and Jaren is a being of pure light, whereas Dregden is a being of pure darkness. He's the eternal abyss. And they're both kind of fighting over – and I've, I've said this before on the show. They're both kind of fighting over Shin, who is kind of one of the fork Jaren proteges somewhat – and as it kind of goes along, they're both searching for this for this being of pure light that's going to, you know, just he's a mathematical certainty that he'll eventually pop up. And they're both kind of battling for his soul. And I kind of view Dragon getting shot to death by Shin, not as a victory for Shin, but actually as a victory for Dregden because he actually in that last gasp of him getting murdered by Shin, actually he wins. Does that make any sense? This is a very jumbled thing in my head. I'm still working it out. What?
4: <laughs> <laughs> the, okay, so, so
1: basically <laughs> I'm a walking cliche.
4: And one, okay, there's one thing it, you said
3: that I will agree with. The What's idea that, that I, there's one thing that you said that I'll agree with: the fact that when um, yours killed, your wanted to be killed at that point because you you see yes. that in the car yeah. where the ghost was just like you want the darkness, you want the anger to fester. It's literally the Star Wars cliche going into this. You want him to go to the dark side. He's making mm-hmm. the next your, and that's there's my kind no
1: of- way. Yeah, there's no way for Dreg to need to lose that fight.
2: Hmm.
1: Nah, I, I don't know. If I may, if I may it's, say it's so, I there. just
2: saw Green's comment in our show chat saying fork, Jaron, fork shin. I'm having very inappropriate images <laughs> in my head. <laughs> 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 I'm
4: oh, sorry, gosh. I'm awful. Oh, That's this okay.
2: okay. podcast at 6 in the morning.
1: I'm <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what
4: is wrong with me?
1: It's 11.59 and <laughs> I just... I just I just threw by my fastball at eleven fifty
2: nine. It's okay. Oh, it's good. It's a good idea, though. Like that. I do. A good I,
1: idea. I
0: remember. I remember us talking about that because um, it's the it's the conversation of the quint uh, the uh, the the balance within Shin. Uh, you know which yeah. which wolf is he going to feed? The one of light or the one of dark? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it, it would just it would make a lot of sense as far as like uh, Dregden's redacted name. If 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 that person had actually been exterminated, and that's why he was redacted, Um it's...
3: I think he was redacted, though, because they didn't want anybody following his path.
1: Yeah, it's probably that. Wow, wow. It's probably that. But I like time travel. If I can work time travel into something, <laughs> this, this I'm going to so do true. it. Like... Like I often think, if I could time travel back to a time when Bife respected me, like I think that would be a worthwhile endeavor. Like I... Justin,
2: take <laughs> solace in the fact that you wanted to do that because that time has never existed.
3: Oh, oh. oh. wow!
4: I'm sorry you left a. Can I sorry, get, the
2: thorn,
3: sh- r- Can I get never... the thorn shot? I need the thorn shot. <laughs> I need uh-huh. thorn shot. <laughs> no, you what need a you shotgun know? for that one. That wasn't even oh, oh. Right there.
2: I'm. So- Justin, let's put it this way. I owe you multiple beers now. <laughs> Here, I need a Hawkmoon
0: screen. <laughs> this is this is oh what no. just happened to uh Justin.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> damage over time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so what I the other the other thing that we were I really kind of wanted Bife to hear you uh your thoughts on is the idea of um Shin as a guardian,
2: oh, yes. So, um, expand on that particularly, though. Uh, just to the fact that his ghost, well, Jaren's ghost, rather, um, comes along and basically uh, empowers him by the looks of things, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, and so, so we're <sighs> are you on the board? Are you on board with the idea that Shin was a living person and then got imbued?
2: Mm, yes, so. Mm-hmm. Take a look back to Thorn 2, right? And we get a perfect example where it, uh, with um, Justin's character and my right, character in right, that right. one. With the bandit, and with your, your light is nothing more than a mere spark. But a spark is something. It implies that normal human beings have light, which yes. means, of course, that there's a it's quantifiable. You know, maybe not easily because what you measure light in as a metric, but you know, you can sit there and say some human beings and some exo and woke can have a greater capacity for the light than others. Uh, I mean, take a look at the point where the Awoken are quite literally made of both light and dark, and Petra, in various points, can literally be seen levitating her knife. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, By that same token, it could simply be the fact that part of the reason why Jaren stuck around was because he saw potential in Shin. He singles him out constantly, and Shin mocks on this in the Last Word 3 card. With that in mind, you sit down and then... um, it only makes some sense that the ghost after scanning him at the end of the last word three card is able to start to cultivate that light. So uh, that that's kind of my theory on all of this stuff. Um, sitting down and realizing potentially that ghosts are conduits for the traveler's light. And whilst they have an assigned guardian, if they choose to do so, they can move on and find another one. Right. Yeah, like that, and I, that, I, that, that's that's just my thoughts on it. But it's a very, it, you know, the relationship, as it even says in the grimoire, is not well explained.
0: Right. And I know like the argument, the so like I I agree completely with your idea your know, the the idea that all living things have light uh, it ties into another really convoluted theory of my own about the I guess the metaphysics of guardianship. Um, but it's like. I guess the the question has always been for me is like in the grimoire, even in the grimoire, right? We have the explanation that the guardians, the guardians were raised from the ancient dead is that's kind of like a constant that's always been there. But then if you look at a guardian abilities card, which I think is what you're talking about too, is it actually doesn't say anything about it being dead. It actually makes a point of saying, no, these are just individuals who have capability of channeling the traveler's light. And so I mean that's where I can kind of see the 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 foot in the door there for the like oh yeah dodgeball girl's going to become a guardian. Uh Shin became a guardian and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be among the dead to become a guardian. But it's it's it is a very important distinction too that all of a sudden now we have a a living guardian that remembers his past which kind of is interesting so,
2: too. So yeah, that's, that's, it's also a very interesting one because in a certain sense, there's not much separation between Shin and normal guardians anyway, right? Like a guardian is not going to remember their parents, but even Shin only remembers them briefly. You know, and in yeah. Oh
0: yeah. And speaking of that, speaking of that, he also makes a point. There's a point there too. He, he remembers his parents and a small spark of light.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. Let me reread that card. That's last word one, right? Uh yeah.
0: Yes. Last word one. Yeah.
2: Okay, hang on a second. I'm going to find that.
0: Because I remember talking to uh Taylor, Taylor B, about this, and Taylor B has a theory that Shin is actually a child guardian, like a kid guardian. Um so which is which so, which also creates this like immensely entertaining picture in my head of like an eight year old taking on Dredge
1: and York. So Shin to me is is a being who's born with a propensity for channel channeling the light that is undeniable. Now the time that he's born isn't really conducive to him being in the first wave of guardians, but that doesn't mean he's going to be precluded from this. Eventually, he's going to end up wielding the light. No matter what you do, he's like the chosen one. He has a lot of Midi Chlorians. Yeah, no, but those are. Those are bogus, <laughs> it. So. Yeah, no. you
2: supposed to
4: bring balance to the city, not leave it in darkness. <laughs> you are the chosen one. <laughs> I love you, Gary. I love you, hey,
1: Gary. <laughs> Gary, kill! But more importantly, my stuff! <laughs> my stuff was... Damn it. Worst Justin case, worst case in the scenario. fact that there
2: will be a ton of loot.
1: <laughs> worst yeah, case scenario,
2: be. you die. But
1: hey, it
0: might not happen.
2: Might not happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love, yeah! love the encouraging speech. Um... <laughs> Well, uh, Bife, while you read that real quick, I did want to make a point on the release of the cards. I mentioned this at the start of the the episode. Um, we have this story. Oh, man. This story has been with us since the very beginning of Destiny, which was back in, what, Justin, what was it? September 9th. September 9th, yeah.
1: 2014. Vanilla. This is literally, the most times oh, that I've my- had someone say, if you ask someone what, what story got you into Destiny oh. Lore? They'll tell you Tragic. Thorn, Dwindler's and Last Word, Dwindler's Ridge, Dwindler's Ridge, Ridge your Jaren Ward, Shin Malfour, all that goodness. Yeah, they'll, so, they'll tell you all so
0: that. So to to start to end, this story has taken what was what was the days that I get nine hundred and thirty two days. Wow! Two years, six months, and twenty days. The story has been been going yeah. around the Destiny community, and I think Homer took
1: more days on the Iliad. Yeah, yeah, um, just just a few.
0: I thought you were going in a completely different Homer there, so I was waiting to hear where you
1: went. Oh, no. <laughs> I say Homer, you're thinking Simpson. I'm intelligent. This is bullcrap.
2: Uh, do I need to render comment here? I don't think so. I'm, okay. out.
1: I'm out. No, you can skip it. Bye. We'll do it in post. <laughs> oh, god. So, it's very upsetting.
3: Well I think that's a sound clip for later, Blue. <laughs> oh my god.
4: I'm very, it's very upsetting.
3: Um. Oh my god. So, so we had.
0: I mean. The point the point that I was going to make with the the delivery of cards is like even though this story when you, when you get the full story um it it like actually is a kind of predictable story like you know it's the rise and fall of a hero. Hey, this is not a very you know unique idea. It's basically the hero's journey um which we've we've talked about as well. Um but the the intriguing and the beautiful thing about this is the delivery of the story points um it makes this one of the most unique presentations of this age-old model. Like this is this is something that can only be done in a video game. I would argue. Like you couldn't you couldn't do this in a book. Like I don't I don't think. I mean I guess you could, but you would have to like really, really, really work at you know not connecting things. I mean the video game medium has allowed this very, very unique presentation a very poetic presentation of a age old trope to be, to be done here. And, you know, Hurt Chain, and we have talked about this quite a bit, um, you know, the, the way that the pieces of the story were presented, we started off, you know, Justin, you were kind of making fun of this at the beginning. We started off in the middle and then we kind of got a piece of the beginning and then a piece of the end. And then we got a piece kind of near the beginning. And then we got a couple more pieces near the end and then all of a sudden, you know, we got the the last linchpin piece was released with the Age of Triumph. Um and that was it. And then all of a sudden all the pieces for this one story, this one story, there's there's other stories that, you know, for every conclusion there is another sequel and you know this this story in its conclusion created, you know, quite a bit of a st- sequel Um, but the, the presentation and, you know, like I'll, I'll be saying this in our shout outs because the story team at destiny for this particular story, you know, John Goff and everyone who helps put this particular story together, I think blew it out of the water with the presentation, the presentation made this so unique, um, i don't know where i'm going with well, that one next
3: it's okay um i'm what gonna I find cry most interesting <laughs> about this story oh gosh you're gonna cry because the story's quote <laughs> who unquote, cares unquote, it's amazing it's amazing i don't think i agree with bife i don't think the story's over in the oh least no bit. we're gonna no. Well, a lot but more yours of kind of stuff.
2: your your story is done but done. his echoes remain still
0: yeah, in the shadows, shadows, of his, urine, shadows. Shadow of
2: his
0: shadows mm-hmm. are legion
3: it's going to yeah. be interesting to see what they do with it in in D2 for sure. Because, well, and so I mean this story is the, the without besides Thorn getting the quest for Thorn, this story has no impact on the gameplay at all except for that one gun. That's it.
1: It's two guns I could literally care less about, but it's the most important story <laughs> in the entire game <laughs> to me, and there's something fundamentally screwed up about that to me. I
3: love the last <laughs> word. You can just shut it. <laughs> I, I, I will I never what? use Thorn. I, I refuse on principle to use Thorn. Get, out, I here, it so so get out of here. So he's an interesting
2: There was a point at which I realized that there were potentially long-lasting story story points that could have been made here, right? So I made a very conscious effort after a certain point. At some point during Dark Below, I think, that if ever I was on my Titan, because my Titan is my third character and I didn't want to restrict anything on my Warlock or my Hunter, but if ever I was on my Titan, I would not use something that was a Weapon of Sorrow or a Taken Weapon. And to this day, I've not done that. Quite literally, when I raid on my so a being of pure light, yeah. So that one of them remains unsullied, and the other two (laughs) are dirty.
3: (laughs) That brings up a good point. I mean, are we going to fall? Because we use weapons of sorrow.
2: No. (laughs) Okay, okay, no, 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 no. Because no, no, Green makes a really good point here, right? Green makes a really good point. Um, Okay, so, right. Last word, not last word. um, Thorn 5. Go ahead and check that card out, right? What does it say in that card? Very specifically, there is a note saying, we have tamed the sickness, broken it with unwilling sacrifice. What is the final step of the Thorn quest? It's to kill Xior the Unwed. That is how you get Thorn. That is how you unbind it. We have tamed the sickness. We, even if we may not admit it, are shadows of yore just as much as horses and just as much as and Gray? Uh,
4: well,
0: right? I, well, here's so. here's here's the reason. Here's the reason I kind of disagree. Um, and Damo was telling we we had this conversation with Damo when we read the the new Thorn cards. Is he made he made a really good point? The Thorn Five card actually calls out the fact that they
1: are the weapons of sorrow.
0: Not their guns.
1: So, so it actually says, Thorn five, the others misunderstand. We are the weapons of sorrow, living and free, yeah. the hated heroes of this broken age. Because, see, that's where he,
0: because when they say the, uh, all we have to do is listen, the secrets are a gift, its gift is our evolution. And so that's where that's where I would say they kind of take a step beyond what even uh, Azir or Yor did was they they didn't just they didn't just craft a thorn they made themselves a thorn.
1: Do you want to build a thorn man? Oh god. Oh my god. Why do you have to ruin it? <laughs> There's, there's like, there's a, there's a heavy
0: conversation going and
2: then Justin comes in. Do you want to think of that, right? A weapon of sorrow, quite literally hive magics, twisting something, which is humanity. Oh yeah. uh, Mastery of war. That is the definition of a weapon of sorrow. If you then take a guardian, is that there is even a Titan crest plate that talks about how, um, back in the day, it used to be the, uh, back in the day. It used to be the phalanx. Then it was the, uh, carrier or the aircraft carrier. Then it was, uh. The ICBM now you are the most contempt, advanced contemporary mm-hmm. warfare system. Guardians are weapons, and, and if it you also look binds at- into the ideas that Osiris has about well, what if guardians are made specifically not to question and just to fight? What if they are just weapons without any consciousness?
0: Which then remember what we were talking about with Necrochasm is a
2: guardian weapon that was tainted
0: through Hive works. And that's where you kind of mm-hmm. like you start seeing, you know, weapons of sorrow not necessarily as, as individual weapons. No, they're kind of like Trojan horses in the sense mm. that they are given to the Guardians in a similar fashion to the Ahamkara. They worm themselves into a deal with the wielder. I mean, you see this with nah, necrocasm I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! um you see, But you see it with necrocasm you know, like with I mean, even Husk of the Pit. Husk of the Pit is like, or yeah, Husk of the Pit is when you start kind of like, it starts like whispering. And then when it turn when it turns into the, I think it's the Eidolon ally is when the ghost is when it, like it says like the ghost refuses to do anything, but you think it wants to be your friend. I'm like, the gun mm-hmm. is talking to you. Like, this is not like, and that's not anything specifically unique. We have guns who can basically pilot ships uh, that are not like special. Well, for us, they're not special; they're uncommon guns. But they have basic AIs in guns. But this is not an AI. This is this is like a a supernatural force. Um, and then Green, I know you kind of were talking about with the the mortal rings from the Rings of Power from Tolkien. You know, Damo. Mm-hmm. Damo, Damo had that. go on.
4: <laughs> okay, so like
3: Damo relates the the idea that the weapons of Sora or that Thorn in particular is like the the Lord of the Rings rings, the rings of power. I actually take that one step further because some of the rings of power actually imbue with you with massive power. Think of uh, what is it, Galadriel and uh, some of the others, the elven lords that yeah, had it. I think all the elven so w-
0: rings do.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But then you go into the mortal ones, and they don't actually give them power per se. It just connects them to the Dark Lord. So I would say that mm-hmm. this is more like the mortal rings, from the Lord of the Rings, rather than all of the rings of power. But that's just huh. that's Damo and I ta- kind of tag teaming off yeah. of each other. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's not,
1: I, I don't derailed. even
3: know what that was. Oh
1: my god, Justin, stop! Was, was the black th- what? That was the black speech. That was <laughs> Elvish.
3: <laughs> you need to work on that. I mean, so, I, I,
2: maybe it was. I just didn't recognize it with your interesting dialect
1: (laughs) listen listen, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to realize I was right and it's going to be the darkest day of your life
3: ironically that's the same day you're getting pancakes so be ready
4: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so anyways
2: I don't know how to respond to that because I think it's probably true The connection there is the- plus I don't know, it can't get much worse than that.
4: I don't know
0: how I can segue out of this. <laughs> <laughs> just go just Oh my god. Just roll. Oh so back to the weapons of sorrow. Um basically this is where Coed's uh theory came in is they basically exist to tempt guardians with untold power at the cost of their own hope which is where thorn is it's and that kind of also then ties into the idea of like crota's influence and all that because we have the um crota being called the eater of hope by the hunger of crota rocket launcher um but that's that's where that whole little theory kind of leads oh my gosh Do you want me to talk about the Scorpio? Yes. No, what? So, okay. What? So this is one of the Scorpio ones that... Miracle? The Scorpio Miracle. Um,
2: yeah. This is kind oh, I of I thought a, you were talking about the Xbox.
0: Oh, okay, well, <laughs> don't get me started on that that's
2: one. A that's, that's, a, right. that's a rip-off. <laughs> yeah, that's that
0: a that. rip-off. That's a rip-off. So the Scorpio Miracle is a... Uh, I think it's a legendary... Yeah, oh. it's a legendary ship. Um, and this is kind of just a really weird connection that I was searching in... I was searching on Ishtar for just hope. If you search for hope, you'll find that it's actually mentioned 155 times in items that we know of. Um, and one of them, most of them are just kind of like, and eh, they're not really, there's not a lot of connections, but there were a couple that were connections. And that was the front lines quote that we already mentioned from Ikora. And then this one, this one is kind of an interesting one. It says Scorpio miracle, hope from on high. Now that That's like, okay, not really huge connection there, except, you know, Rezzel was kind of put on high. He was a hope. Until you start looking into what the Scorpio symbol is, um, and this is kind of tying into the astrological significance of the Scorpio signal or sign. Um, There's there's a few thematic connections with Rezzel. Um, when you look up the astrologicals meaning of the Scorpio, you see a couple interesting connections. First off, they're ruled by desires, but their strength is resourcefulness, which, uh, allows, which basically allows their desires to be controlled until they have a plan to achieve them. So we have that kind of connection there. They're often viewed as analytical and medit- meditative, uh, which means that they often ponder data to allow themselves to create a realistic plan, uh, which also ties into the fact that they are not they're described as not being self they're not prone to self-deception though they refer and and though they appear to lack intensity basically what this is is just a secret of an intense nature that reveals itself at the culmination of the plans so again back to the planning aspect and then finally um, they excel at hiding their feelings and they do not try to please others they do not care about what the world thinks about them so those are the three connections there Then if you dive a little bit deeper, because this is what I do in my free time, um, if you dive a little bit deeper, you find that the astrological symbol is actually ruled by Mars and Pluto, and its fall, which means this is the point where it is not at its full strength, or actually it is descending, so it's the weakest, is the moon. And then the detriment, which is meaning that the sign is not at its full strength, is noted as being Venus or Earth. Uh, So earth is where you are kind of weak. And then the moon is where you fall. So he was, and again, tying this back into result, this is a bit of a spin foil stretch. um, And I did this in honor of Justin, but in connecting there, in connecting there, he fell, he started his fall on earth and he, he plummeted on the moon. And so, yeah. And then green, I know you, I know you added, added some stuff in there
3: just a tiny bit um the sign was actually considered a mars sign until 1930 when pluto was discovered and then it was reassigned as far as the astrology history goes then there you get into what's called the dark side zodiac which is kind of all the negative aspects of it and we get into some of the the more um, sociopath type things scorpio is naturally considered one of the darker signs and there's also a fixed sign, which means that they're kind of they kind of don't change their minds once they make their minds up, and they'll go after it no matter what so once then that kind of fits into it a little bit too, but that's just going into Scorpio in general, and that's what I had from my sh- short notes on it
0: so yeah there's there's a there's a bit of of spin foil for you and i'm 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 really holding back from going into the language of the flowers. Justin, Thank do you. you. <laughs> I I might I might have gone insane on this one. Like this this I have I have pages and pages of notes <laughs> about. Such Whenever such someone thing. talks
2: about flowers with regards to Yor, I'm always reminded of everybody who used to say that Pujari and Dredginyor were the same person. And I just sat there and thought to myself, oh my. "This is too much for me to get into my head uh, at once." Thank God that that's not true. I know. Just,
0: yeah. I, I agree. I do. I do see the. <sighs> I do see the basis of that theory, but. I, I, yeah. Because yeah, I, I mean, no, I, I mean, there, no. there was some credit to a few of the points,
2: but, eh. Co- coincidental. It's just too much. Right.
0: Right. Um. Justin, you have anything?
4: Uh. No. Okay. Good. So think, we're going to uh, talk
0: about language of the flowers.
1: Do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So
0: obviously, we're talking about uh and Yor, duh, and his weapon, Thorn. Now, the interesting thing there is the transformation from oh, another named hand cannon, Rose. Uh, there is a very, very, very cool uh, tangent by Kex who actually connects the first curse and uh rose which I'll I'll link as well. Um but really quickly uh language of the flowers and I know Bife is I, I know this is difficult for you because I think what is it 6 30 for you so I'll yeah, make
2: this it's it's pretty late.
0: Okay, I'll make this real quick. Um language of the flowers no, no I I'll try I'll try. I'll try really hard. Uh, Language of the flowers is a cryptological form of communication that was used via flowers and their arrangements uh, it was it was this thing has been going on for thousands of years. You see it in the Hebrew Bible uh, with the Rose of Sharon all the way into like shakespeare 's plays um, The interest though in what 's called flor- uh, floriography uh, exploded in nineteenth century Victorian England and the United States. This was uh, really due to what's often understood as the social restrictions in public, which basically dictated what was appropriate to speak about. Um, So people would use things called nosegays or tussie-mussies, which are basically very small arrangements of flowers that were worn as an accessory. And these were used to communicate with one another about topics which were at that time considered highly taboo. Uh, which is where often you kind of get the idea that the language of the flowers is usually a romantic language or a, a something that is kind of, uh, it, it's not appropriate to actually say out loud. That's, that's kind of where that thought comes from. Uh, you see publications on this as early as 1809 uh, from Joseph Hammer Pugstall's uh, Dictionnaire de Language de Fleurs, and even the really big uh, publication by an individual who went by a pen name of Madame Charlotte de la Tour in 1819. And um, in then in the United States, you basically have the Old Farmer's Almanac as well, which is one of the publications uh, that is still in process. But. To kind of narrow this down even more, the rose holds a huge, huge number of meanings within this language. Uh you you range from coloration to the specific breed, I guess, of rose. Um, and the note here too is that the display of the flower is also very significant. Does, you know, how you how you show this flower or how you gift this flower to someone, you know, a bouquet would mean something much different than a single flower. An example of this is a full blown rose laid over two buds would translate into secrecy, which would then later be tran- would be later defined by the type of bloom that was being shown, and that would be understood that, that that message was meant to be a secret. So like if you gave someone a rose that was indicative of love at first sight, it would be a secret love at first sight to that individual. Um so I was, I was talking to Rhino about this. Because we have an artifact, we have Dredgen yours Rose, and that is an actual rose. Where I, I jokingly call it the radioactive cabbage because it kind of looks like that. But Rhino actually made the point that he he kind of looked at it as what's called a checkmate rose or a freedom rose, <clears throat> and we kind of got into a little bit of a discussion there because it depends on the life cycle of the flower as well. Uh, it gets really detailed. But anyways, the checkmate rose is really interesting because the basic meanings of this within the language of the flowers is respect, passion, and love. Uh, and basically the, like to build on that, the name of the rose is a tribute to a game position in chess, which checkmating the opponent wins the game. So likewise, these same emotions are translated into a very beautiful, usually red rose as a symbol of passion, but of all, above all, this indicates that love conquers all. Um, the The question then comes in on to what the color of the rose was, but we'll get it. I, Rhino kind of made the argument that it was red because that's the opposite of the green aura. Um, I kind of lean towards the white simply because it's a little bit more in line with some of the, some of the things on there. Um, I also made the kind of connection for me personally, that it looks like what comes from what's called the centri- centrifolia family, which is basically either a cabbage rose or a hundred leaved rose. Reason why is a hundred leaved rose actually means that it, it symbolizes pride or dignity of mind. Um, and then with the white, if you have a withered white rose, it's a transient feeling of uh, passion. So it's something that has left you. Um, there's also a very large significance of thorns within the language of the roses, uh, mostly depending on whether or not they are singular or within a braid. Um, the common theme there is that it always focuses around severity or difficulty, uh, to the person being given these items. So that's kind of the, the connection there. Um, and I know we have a couple dispatches, but Bife, do you want to go ahead and take off? I know it's really late for you.
2: Or do you want to it's wanna... not late, it's early.
0: Oh, well, it's early late. <laughs> I, I guess it's it's all outside, dependent yeah. on whether or not you went to sleep between time the time.
1: Lines?
2: I went to I can see the sun outside blue. It's early.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough. It's early.
2: Yeah. Um and, uh, uh, I, if I'm going to say anything, simply th- thanks for inviting me on again, especially on an episode like this. And I'm oh, so yeah. sorry that it took so freaking long to get on. It's just, yeah. We'll so, see if we can... Dude, we need to see if... We... Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. This, this is killing me because I want to talk to you about things with Guardian Com things and other things. Okay, I'll just okay. tell you over DMs.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. You owe me yeah, a I lot agree. of peers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all Justin's Okay, is guys
2: in chat, I have a challenge for you. Count out the number of times I burned, um... Justin. <laughs> That's how many beers I owe him. Oh my! It's it's a lot.
3: And Justin's going to be inflating that number. I will tell you that he doesn't care if that's with that many more burns. He'll just inflate it for the beer.
1: I'm going to have alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Probably. Are you important?
3: <laughs>
1: I am. <laughs> <high>. <laughs> it speaks. Thank I you. Think. Yeah. Thank you, Bife, mm-hmm. for joining us. And summarily dismissing me <laughs> on numerous occasions. You know, I enjoy I having, having you, you on. You're my, yeah, you're, you're my like, bro. Yes, you're like, yeah. You get to, you know, you get to pick your friends, but your family, you're stuck with. That's how I feel about. But you, I'm just stuck oh, with you. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm.
3: Stuck in the middle, of you. <laughs> More blackening—that's going to happen.
2: I'm—I'm going to stop before any (laughs) other shenanigans ensue. Blue, James Brown's about to come out. Um. Actually, (laughs) one of those is one of my names. (laughs) um, But yeah, Blue, it was fantastic to meet you again. Yep. Um, I'll be bugging you over every single time, and uh, bug me in DMs because the the stuff in question is seriously cool. And Green, it was fantastic to meet you for the first time as well.
3: You as well. What
2: What about me? Don't be on good vibes. You're crazy,
0: Well, we're gonna we're gonna run through.
4: Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I forgot that
2: it was a thing to call you
4: numpie.
0: Complete. We're
1: good, <laughs> and we've come full circle.
2: <laughs> mm.
4: Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh. I
2: I I will just say this if you're listening to Focus Fire and somehow you don't follow these guys on Twitch, if somehow that you're not a regular, go ahead and jump in on the podcast, do it now, because
4: yeah mm-hmm.
2: it's very much a case that these guys put some fantastic work in. Every single time I come back on the show, something has improved and it's really impressive by this point. Thank you so
0: much. That that means <laughs> yes, that means bye, a ton, by thank you. Yeah. Yes. All right, go get sleep.
2: I'm gonna go to see sleep, you buddy. guys or go Love get coffee, so whatever.
0: All right. Love you, buddy.
2: Adios. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: all right. So we got a couple dispatches. We're gonna run through those real quick. And then we will run through shout outs and wrap it up. So you guys ready to go through the dispatches?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: hmm Should Justin Just- read this first one?
0: Oh my god. I'm
1: trying to deal with how much page.
3: Justin should read the first one. Okay,
0: Justin, okay. You- I'm gonna I'm I- gonna Okay, here we go. Ready?
3: I got it. I got it.
2: <laughs> Dispatches from the wilds.
1: All right. So, what I have here is. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just trying to deal with how much Bife hates me. Um, it's only—it's it's only—it's it's only, only through love, you know that, right? <laughs> I've come to—I've come to terms with it. <laughs> um, the first dispatch from the wild is from Redneck Ma, or as you know him, Ma. <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: and
1: so, yes.
4: even hi FFC. It
3: even says in the email,
1: <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to say it the same. Hi FFC, it's. Ma <laughs> here. I just wanted to email in on this topic because I don't have many theories that I hold on to real tight in destiny. The one that I do hold on to is that we are not our ghost's original companion, but that our ghost was once with the infamous your. That is all keep up the fantastic podcasting. Love your ma oh yeah <laughs> ma
0: oh god oh my god um
1: so, so yeah do you you want to take yeah, it on something yeah i'll take the i'll take the next one too no 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 so take that one next what one, do you what do no, you think about no. that one the answer oh what do i think about
0: ma oh, that's that's spin foil. that's kind of you
1: mm-hmm. um that's that's actually a very good um a very good take on it. I it actually kind of falls in line with my whole my whole uh train of thought on the whole Dregden your Shin Mao Jaron Ward storyline is that it is a a central storyline, even though it seems like a very ancillary thing on the side and it doesn't really seem like something of much importance at, at times. I I know at times during like Dark Below and House of Wolves, it seemed like this cool little story that was going to be lost to obscurity. But I very much think that Shin Malfur is a central character in what is going to become the story of this game. And that any any theory about a a central recurring theme running through that that storyline I'm way behind. So that was a really roundabout way of me saying, yeah, redneck, good theory. <laughs> God, 5 has got me all on my, my B game I, because I'm he, sorry, I just he's...
0: got I just got the the doom of chicklets. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Someone made that uh... I didn't I I know. That's what actually makes it even better is I can't even be mad at you for making it. Oh, my God. Okay. Did you see
1: the flavor text? Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's what I'll read it in my shout outs. Don't worry. Oh,
0: my gosh. All right. Uh, I'm going to take the next one because it was kind of a conversation we had or I had with him. Uh, This is from Taylor B. And he says, hey, Blue, uh, I hope it's cool if I shoot a quick question here before I forget. Uh, But I'd be really interested to know the team's thoughts on the possibility that while Rezzel is rather confirmed to create or begin Thorn as we don't see him turn or transition, do you guys think there is any room for the possibility that the Azir isn't necessarily Yor? I would be inclined to agree that they are one and the same. However, some things about Yor's actions, I think, could lead to the idea that he's rather a fallen apprentice of Azir. In particular, when he returns the last, when he returns the last word to Jaren's ward, I like he, I like how he did that. Shin, the sense of respect he had towards ceremony and ritual seemed rather uncharacteristic of Azir, who all throughout his cards seemed to eschew convention. Then there's the prior to that, and his conversation about whether or not people went to the moon. If I recall correctly, he never says he goes; he just alludes to knowing better. The more I think about the character of Yor and I try to fit him inside the outline of Azir, I realize many of the distingu- distinguishing characteristics of Azir found in Yor could work in equal parts on someone one degree separated from Azir. Thanks.
3: That would be a heck of an M. Night Shyamalan twist to the whole thing. Right? Shyamalanma ding dong.
4: That's what um, I was thinking.
3: Goodness. I mean, it's it's theoretically possible the only thing that I would argue against that is the fact that we see Resol have these dark thoughts and starting the fall very early and that I mean he could be one removed but why would he have the thorn why would he have all the rose references still thrown in there if he I mean I don't know it's a hard one to actually like solidify
0: yeah, and that's I an
3: interesting spirit theory.
4: Oh, no,
0: no, it, it's a really good one. I think the thing that kind of defeated in my mind is actually the Thorn three card, um, because you mm. see and it's kind of it kind of in what you're saying, too. There's there's a lot of similarities in the language um, there because he, you get a mention. I believe that's where you also get a mention of like the afterthought of nobility. Um, your Mm. ghost, you know, your connection to the, or the connection that the ghost makes to nobility led you down this path. And it wasn't, and it's like, and then he starts talking about, Oh no, my prize was this. Um, you know, I, I, I like it. I, I do like it. I just think that it's a little, little much for the story.
3: It's a bit of a stretch. But, like I said, it would be a heck of an M. Knight Shyamalan type twist if in Destiny 2 we find out that Rezel was not actually your. But
0: I would agree with I that. Know. I mean, I just, yeah, I,
1: I like it. I would love it. I yeah. would love it if it were that.
3: I would hate it. I would be so angry. <laughs> I would be. I would be so angry at this point if that was what it so was. So we just like. making stuff up now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. fighting <laughs> please.
1: I I literally picture Green just screaming anarchy and running around with a torch.
3: Yeah, anarchy. Course, there would be people. I don't know what it is, but I love happy. it. Anarchy. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> I think Bipe and I would both go burn down Bungie for that. <laughs> of course, he's can't. He's not here to actually say yes or no to it. So we're going to say it's going to happen.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I would.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh
0: man! Oh, so all right. So the next one is from our good friend Beard Grizzly. Uh and he's it's a it's a longer one and this is actually from a conversation that I had with him over on Twitter. And I'd asked him to kind of put something together for us to read, and so he sent me this. He said, I realize I need to send you my thoughts on a couple things with your. It's more about his ghost, which I don't know, and this is kind of tying back to it a, another conversation where I was wrong. Mark that. Um it's more about his ghost, which I don't know if you remember the discussion from when the new cards came out on the podcast, but I wanted to show more why I truly feel yours ghost is not the same throughout the cards, even if the name is redacted the whole way through. I'll just leave snippets of where I'm getting this along with the names of the cards. So he, he gives us a quote from Ghost Fragment, The Last Word 3, and it's, he uses that to show that this is Jaren's ghost that came back to meet Shen. I'll get back to this a bit in a point. And so this is where uh, uh, Jaren is killed. And then mm-hmm. he goes and he says the wording here or then he says, okay, here's a quote from Ghost Fragment Thorn 4, uh, which is the wording here is to we're both strangers in the end. Uh, again, this is the card where um, your gives the last word to a ghost that we don't know the identity of. Um, and then he quotes Thorn 4 again. And the reason I'm not reading these quotes is they're they're pretty long quotes. Um and then he says, this continues to say this ghost has no knowledge of your outside of Ward hunting him down. So the point here is that Thorn Four is a ghost separate from Yor's ghost. And he says, in the last thing, Thorn Three, which is Yor's ghost, they part ways. And so we and we've talked about this quite a bit. Thorn three is where they where he basically kicks the ghost to the curb. And he says, "What was suggested on the podcast as one possible implication? Yours ghost transferred to Jaron, and also lost its memories of your, your doesn't recognize the ghost or seem to care about it, one way or another. Aside from it being a way to show how unspecial the guardian selection process really is. Summation is that there was one ghost present when Jaron was killed, and that was Jaron's ghost. Yours was long gone. So, uh, yes, that is correct. I believe I misunderstood what was being talked about on. The, I think it was the Age of Triumph lore update." And I apologize. I did. I agree completely with Beard on this. The ghosts that are in Thorn Three and Thorn Four, and the Last Word Three are are in my mind most definitely separate ghosts. They are not the I, same
3: ghosts. They're definitely two different ghosts. Right. One of them, I would, I would, bet, is um, Ward's ghost, and the other one would be yours, ghost. But I mean, it just kind of, if you look at the wording, one of them talks about, I mean, the quote where we're both strangers in the end, that's just kind of a dismissive thing. But you also talk about, in that same card, they talk about um, prior friends.
0: Right. Yeah, I was about to say.
3: Remind me of a friend. And the only friend that we know.
0: An old friend said that once.
3: Right. That Rezel had, the one that he's only ever referred to as a friend, was his ghost. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean I can see it as definitely as two different ghosts there. Oh, I don't know yeah. if it would be three, but it's most certainly two different ones. I
0: well, yeah, and the only reason I would say there possibly is a three is because of the possibility of a separate ghost being Shin's ghost. Now, a later as this conversation kind of this is a longer conversation. Um but later he actually made a point and I'd never read it this way, but if you read um thorn 4, no. Yes. Thorn 4? God, man, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, yes, Thorn 4. If you read Thorn 4, there is actually kind of a hint that um, Yor could have actually pushed Jaren's ghost into making Shin a guardian to save the child from Yor. I was like, I... He, he made that point and I was like, what do you... Because he he, he, had, he was saying, he was like, uh-huh. yeah, when Yor was making the point of, you know, pushing the ghost, or he made the point of disproving... That guardians had to be dead, and I was like, "What? You, what?" He's like, "If you read Thorn Four, read it, and then kind of think about he he threatens Shin, you know, he threatens mm-hmm. the child, and mm-hmm. the ghost gets very defensive about the charge of Shin, and there is this kind of like this tension going on, and Beard's point is that it kind of could be read that you're actually kind of in like inadvertently pushed." This ghost into going to make Shin a guardian, which, you know, we talked about with Bife earlier, that would mean that he was alive and he was made into a guardian.
3: Well, he literally says, give the apprentice his master's sword. It's a gift. I mean, he had the last word in his hand and he gave it to the ghost to give to the child.
0: Yeah. And then the ghost makes and he makes the point or the ghost makes the point of like, you're trying to get him to come after you. And he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah.
3: You're feeding his anger. The Star Wars. This is the Star Wars card.
0: I love it.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Uh,
0: Do you want to take the next one?
3: Sure. This one comes from Rhino. Uh, Notes on Rezel. First, let me preface this. Rezel as a class is a moot point. Labeling his actions as Titan or Hunter are merely descriptive since he predates the focus discipline of classes. Since then, we have learned how to hone these paths in going forward as guardians. These are just some observations about his hand cannon, Rose. In the Grimoire, Triumphant Fall, Rezzel has a few no- little nods. He fires his gun in a fanfire method like Cade has been spotted using in the new D2 trailer, and for which the last word is known for, but there's one key difference. Rezel shoots his Rose in rapid six-shot succession and is noted as feather trick feathering his trigger even in the card war without end he only fires six shots in fanfire feathering a trigger is a faster method of firing it is achieved by anticipating the hammer drop and pulling the trigger right after as soon as possible this can even be assisted with shortening the trigger's travel distance on the gun itself for example hair triggers he described graphing the bones of his victims Xior's betrothed to his hand cannon rose this means within the hive bones a devouring essence lays dormant ready to whisper poisonous thoughts that corrupt the mind and liberate its host to a new understanding the images of thorn and its ornaments show its true nature underneath and rose of acid which is one of the ornaments you can attach to it to change the, the look of the gun the gray gunmetal steel has been washed in a corrosive acid, showing this bone underneath. On rows of corruption, it has been imbued with a Hive devourer essence, and even shows new growth protruding. Gotta I, love Rhino in the the gun imagery. Oh my gosh, I love stuff. the
0: point that he made about um the the ornaments.
4: Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I.
3: Um, as far as h- how many shots he shoots, there's only one card where we talk, where he talks about shooting, and that's the card that um, Justin and Bythe actually read. No. And he only fires— Oh, well, right? Rose. There's,
0: Rose. He fires Rose in um, the Triumphant Fall. Right.
3: In the Triumphant Fall. But this one, that's where—in Rose, that's where he talks about the six shots. But in the Bandit one, he only fires— Four times total. Three first in succession, which is the normal sound that you get for the thorn in mm-hmm. the sound clip. And then a single shot at the very end.
0: Yeah, um, which was far? three shots because I was playing
1: a sound clip that I grabbed real quick.
3: Right. Yeah, but everyone knows
1: Shin shot him twice.
3: Three times. Shin <coughs> shot first. No, Shin and shot second.
0: This is just like Han Solo. Han mm-hmm. shot. He didn't shoot first. Mm -hmm. He just was the only one who shot.
3: (laughs) I blew. I blew. That was the point. Okay. Made a reference. Yeah. Okay. uh, Ah. Ah. But yeah the the imagery of the new ornaments for it. I have to. I want to go back and look at those a little bit closer now because of that. Because I've never. I've never really paid much attention to the ornaments because I don't generally put them on. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to see the bone itself. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: And then we have an awesome awesome s- submission dispatch from Captain Kex for the win. Um and it's about 7 pages, so oh I'm goodness. not going to read it, but it is basically the presentation of the theory that first course is thorn and okay so
3: i know this was a huge thing in chat earlier tonight because that was all that chat was talking about when we first started the show oh okay are we are we going to link this
0: oh yes yes i am going to i'm going to link this um good this is amazing work uh Hex is also one of the... He's the one that put together the image that I had linked a while when we did uh, this conversation the first time um, where he actually took Thorn and then he took um, First Curse and actually overlaid the images with each other. And they match up nearly perfectly. Um... So yeah, he and I I don't know if he has the image embedded in there, but I will uh I will see if I can find it if it's not.
4: Hmm. And
3: let's, let's see, see here. That we- should be it as far as Oh, okay, talking about the classes, just to go back a tiny bit for Rhinos. I know this was a big topic in chat, like, what class is he? And and I agree with Rhinos' thing, labeling as a class, he wasn't actually labeled. There were no classes at that point. I don't think Uh. we, as, I, I, I would argue that there was no necessarily Striker Titan class, like, no path. Now, they may have found it on their own. But there was no there was no pathway to learn that. We learn it from partially the Vanguard, which we talked about before. and we learn it partially just because the ghost kind of shows us a little bit and we kind of pick up little things. I think as far as labeling them as a Titan or a hunter or a warlock, we I don't think you can do that until later on once he's actually gone into your mode. And then, yeah, I don't know. I have it a point with this, but it's one, almost two in the morning. <laughs> um,
0: but- I guess my my point here with this is the possible explanation of the ability to change, quote, classes for Guardians is seen a lot in the figure of Rezal and Yor. Um, you see that with the... You see that with the multiple comments about the hunter's twirl and all this. And then I kind of made a comment. uh, This was what Bife was kind of chuckling about. Uh, The Pathways into Darkness. uh, That is verbatim from the Warlock card. Um, And you see this quite a bit. So from the hunter, you get uh, blazing their own trails and writing their own laws, harnessing the light to reclaim the secrets of her lost worlds. Uh, titan you have heroic defenders of the light you face any challenge head-on is a blunt force instrument of the traveler's will you strive for honor stand for hope and then in the warlock you have pathways into darkness you devote uh, devote themselves to understanding the traveler and its power and their mind is an arsenal of deadly secrets a uh, balance between godhood and madness again nod here towards the view of Rezel as a god and then his madness. Um, and so there, there's this this kind of union plane here. Um, now, the thing here is that classifications being an inappropriate concept about this particular figure would make a lot of sense because it would be a nod to explaining so how some of the Lords of Iron have abilities that transcend classes. <laughs> Fellwinter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Fel Winter's famous shoulder charge and then snapping the neck of the warlock or the warlord with the void, which is not an ability that we have. Um, he basically force chokes him. Uh, but the question that I keep coming back to is how does this align with the description of classifications of the Guardians or even the Risen as being not a discipline as much as being a philosophical paradigm in which the guardian card kind of details. And it says, while these abilities, right? The abilities being the, 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 channeling of light while these abilities arise from within guardians master their power in different ways. Titans understand the light as a force to hone through practice and strict discipline hunters roam and explore in order to learn using dangerous methods to survive the wilds and warlocks study the light and its inner mechanisms confronting unfathomable mysteries in the search for transcendent might. So this presentation is that, and this is kind of where my understanding of classes as an actual paradigm uh, come from because you, it's, it's not so much how you were trained though. That is important, but it's how do you, how do you as an individual actually apply the ability to channel that light? That's what determines what class you are. If you are, if you look at it as, um, something that needs to be understood through discipline, you're going to align more with the Titans. If you're more of an individualistic, who's kind of blazing their own trails, that's going to be a hunter if you're looking at something that, you know, you want to understand what exactly it is, that's where the warlock comes in. And so that's kind of where that that understanding is. It's not a it's not something that you can train your brain to do. It's something that's just inherently in your person. Which if that's the case though, that also can explain how Resel actually does transcend classes because you could argue that the by the
3: personality
0: right through the corruption he could have started off as a titan but because he was corrupted his paradigm shifted in the way that he in you know a para, so a paradigm is the way an individual views the world and actually acts an, in the world that is how the world operates the rules of reality for that oh. individual um and so in his corruption his view of the world could have changed. He could have transcended and become, he was, he was originally a a Titan. He was a heroic defender. He strove for honor. He stood for hope. And then he got corrupted and he kind of started blazing his own trail and writing his own laws. And then he kind of took the pathway into darkness and ultimately kind of ended up not being any of the classes, Um, which is where we kind of end with the last word for when he's described as being a being a person who's not burdened with mortal morality, like he he's expl- he's described as kind of being not ethereal, but like just kind of not really there. Um, above not, it. Yeah, he, he was above it. He didn't care. He, I mean, he, he really just didn't care. And that's where also my understanding of him letting Shin kill him kind of comes in is because it calls out very specifically that he didn't even pull his gun. Like he he didn't even raise Thorn. He just got shot. Not
4: to
3: not to make a awkward connection. Who else do we know that didn't really care that he would die a horrible death where he was at? Toland.
0: Damn it, demo's gonna kill you. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, no, and, and yeah, that's that's a very true true thing. the The difference between I think the difference between Toland and res or your res whatever is that toland was seeking toland was seeking the ascendant realm which required him mm-hmm. to die he was tra- he was seeking the quiddity of death whereas i think Re- I, I i'll be honest i i put this assumption on here i think Rezel was tired i think that he was broken and i think that he just wanted it to be done like he just was, he he wanted it to end is the kind of the feeling that I got. I mean, and I, I, in my, in my summary of these notes, I kind of break that out as regret. You see that in Thorn too, with that little clip, mm-hmm. that little, that little snippet of like, you know, I thought it was, I thought I saw a way, you know, it's so very hard to walk in the light. And then, you know, it's Especially so, when
3: it, you've gotten into the shadow. Yeah. Right.
0: And I, and that's where I kind of see this kind of this, this. I see Rezel as you know. You keep making the point of Star Wars. I see him as a Darth Vader figure. And mm. the thing about Darth Vader is that even though he was the epitome of darkness at, at at a point, in the end, he actually redeemed himself and did something of pure, you know, selflessness by allowing himself to die.
3: Whereas Toland was Palpatine.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Tol- yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. We'll do that conversation later.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, that's where, that's where my, my response to the classification thing kind of, I, I don't know. Like it's hard for me because I, I get what he, I, I definitely see what Rhino's saying about the disciplines because you know, you have like the, the Hunter's books, uh, you have the Titans. Titans have the manuals basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then warlocks have the orders and stuff like that. And I, and I definitely agree that, um, I definitely agree that those might not have existed at least not I mean definitely not in the same way that they exist in current current destiny um, but as far as like the base classifications I mean you have iron lords who are described as somewhat classes to a degree you know there's very there's very stereotypical supers already being used with the lords of iron um,
4: Thing
3: I would argue as far as the paradigm idea though is that we have characters in game um, I core is the one that comes to mind that do not necessarily fit the traditional idea of what their class would be I mean yes Ikora studies and she does the the, the hidden and everything like that but in her youth I mean she was definitely one that would kind of stand out on her own and go into the crucible and wreck shop
0: right no and I and I would say though <clears throat> I would say that at its base, it's not so much what it... So, uh, um, at the core, the core paradigm of a warlock is, is studying light with the intent to becoming transcendently mighty. Right? I mean, you see that with Tolan. Tolan is, as much as annoyance as it is, it is a very good example. Toland was so obsessed with literally transcending... um that he fell into darkness. Um, you see it with Mm -hmm. Osiris, you see it. I mean, and I would argue you do see that with Ikora. It's just, Ikora is, um, Ikora is more pragmatic about might than, than maybe some warlocks. But I think the kernel of that paradigm is still there, you know, same as with, you know, Cade as the, the quint quintessential hunter, um, and then Zavala is, and Zavala and Shacks, you see that with the discipline and the, I mean, especially with the discipline. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would almost argue that Ikora still does have that paradigm. She just manifests it just slightly different. She she's more she's more of what I would understand to praxics to be. She's very pragmatic about things, which is I think
3: I s- I still say we need to do a a personality test for class types.
0: Oh yes. That would be, that would be so much fun. I totally, totally agree. But before we go down mm-hmm. that, before we go down that rabbit hole,
3: you wanna, should probably do shout outs You want
0: to do shout outs? Lead, yeah, lead the way green.
3: Ahead. All right. So my shout out is a thank you again to Bife. I will have to say, I did kind of have a fangirl moment. I told, um, my, streamer friends or streamer friends I told my raid buddies basically that Bife was going to be on the show and they've known I've done this show for months and months and months and they really didn't care until I said Bife was coming (laughs) on the show and now I'm apparently a big thing I was getting snapchats all night of even somebody's cat watching our show so I'm like come on guys but anyway I want a big shout out to Bife and everybody else who came and watched the show tonight you guys are awesome Justin, are you awake?
4: <laughs> of Uh-oh. course I am.
3: Mm-hmm. Wake up!
1: I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> what shout outs you got, Bud? Oh, shout outs this week. Big shout out to my name is By for hopping on and helping to break me in blue. Them once and for all, just in case there was any doubt. Um, another big shout out to everyone. Follow this person on Twitter at Sean Francis came up with an actual doom of chicklets, and I'm going to read the flavor text. I'm reading oh, it now. Read it now. Okay. Uh, doom of chicklets adept. All is silent. Nothing answers me. The hunger comes for chicklets. Get me, my god, <laughs> chicklets! Oh, this god. is amazing. Follow this person <laughs> on Twitter. Hashtag <laughs> pew pew, choo <chew>, choo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that. That's
1: that awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: funny. <laughs> oh
1: god i retweeted it
4: (laughs) yeah i did too
1: oh man and then my my clan uh shadow white crew for getting me through uh (laughs) most of king's fall so good job
0: (laughs) good job
1: all right uh email email topic for next week is
0: going to be a lore update on the awoken and the fallen um i know you guys have thoughts they're best buddies so let's talk about them so send us your thoughts about that uh we will totally probably bring up the doom of chicklets again since
4: pew pew choo choo mm-hmm.
0: because it's amazing and i want to hear what damo has to say about it
3: <laughs> i'm expecting a bunch of head desk tomorrow oh morning. my gosh that
0: was amazing Um, And then another, a huge, huge shout out to the writing team at Bungie, Um, you know, John Goff, all you, all you guys, uh, I, I, we're, we're trying to maybe, maybe get a special episode with John for a behind the scenes episode. Um, So we're, we're working on that. And, but I mean, yeah, you guys, this seriously, I, I don't even have words to express how amazing this particular. Story. We don't
1: have a show without you people, mm-hmm. right?
0: Well, there's that too. I mean that 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 alone is worth a shout out. But no, th- this this story was, yeah, amazing. And then yes, thank you, Hurt, for reminding me in chat. There, big shout out to Power GP. Uh, we got. <laughs> Uh, stream, uh, the stream got rated halfway through the episode. <laughs> and it was Yay! really, it was like, I was like, green's like, Oh, do we say something or what? And it's like, so yes, we really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for that during the live stream. Um, but yeah, so you guys let's run through the outro and then we'll do a bit of an after show. Uh, this one ran a little bit long as you probably know. And so I got to I got to edit this stuff. So let's go through the outro out real quick. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitchtv dot slash chat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Bife, for joining us on the conversation. I'll be sure to get your contact information up in our show notes for anyone who doesn't already know and who wants to continue chatting with you. A quick reminder that we have the Grimoire reading uploaded this week as a separate file. Again, due to the number of the cards that we felt were needed for a full picture to be developed, it would have pushed this episode over the normal length if we read them at the same time as the stream. This way, we can offer you both Options: A concise conversation here, and for those who would like it, a full and in-depth reading of the relevant Grimoire cards that we discussed tonight. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes as well. Be sure to also check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.
4: Hashtag! Pew, pew! Choo, choo!